You are listening to the worst episode ever of Pop Culture Leftovers. Had some technical difficulties on this one at the beginning. So uh, if you can hang with this episode, you are a true member of the Leftover Army. I also wanted to point out that I I say that we're going to talk about our favorite Halloween and scary movies in the episode. And because we were crunched for time, that's not going to happen unfortunately so that did not happen and i apologize for that we're going to do it next week even though halloween's going to be over i don't think there's any time of year that i don't know says that you can't talk about it after halloween so we're going to talk about that first thing that next episode for uh episode 65 so i want to apologize to some listeners that really wanted to hear our thoughts on like halloween scary movies and tv shows so um yeah just stick around for next week and we'll do that so all right here it is the worst episode ever of pop culture leftovers enjoy Precision. Class. Technology. Engineering. Performance. What if one device... bring you all of these great features and at a great price the all new PCL 3D dildo printer sometimes you have to think outside the box before you put it in your box Episode 64. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. All right, so uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no Frank this week. No, no Frank this week. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, like Frank was all like uh yeah, I'll be back next week. I'll be back. I'll be back. And then even on Twitter, even on Twitter, the guy posted, did you see the picture that he posted? Yeah, about the keep calm. Well, it it was a uh, yeah, kind of like the keep calm whatever. This said stay panicked next week I'm back, bitches. Oh, that's right. That's right. And 
okay, th- I have no problem with that, but like the whole thing is like uh he he's acting like he's Michael Jordan returning from like retirement. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the return. Frank, you've been gone for one fucking week. You know what I mean? And he even did that episode with me on Tuesday. So it's not like he's been gone forever. Yeah, I think Jericho did this gimmick in wrestling where he kept every week he kept a net. They kept having little videos that he was coming back, but he never really came back for like six, seven weeks. He's no Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. It's a pretty arrogant move. Yeah. So, yeah, Frank, get over yourself. He's acting like he's got an agent now and shit. I don't, gosh. No, it'd be nice to have him back. He's just got some shit going on this week and he can't be here. But we do have uh, a member of the Leftover Army uh, with us today. Uh, Dante, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Is Dante there? I don't know. <laughs> Dante. Meet <laughs> our imaginary friend, Dante. <laughs> Hi, guys. I, uh... I'm Dante. Um... <laughs> How how are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about all the times you spelled words wrong on on the website. Dante, I don't is he there? When I hit record is he not? What's going on? Oh, he just sent us a message. You started talking about Frank and then the audio cut out. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to hang up with the call and I'm going to call him right back. Here we go. Yeah, this is so professional. That, that, uh, keep, keep talking, Jake. I'm going to call him here. Jake. All right. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. I was I was bringing up the page where he was talking. Did you type that we're calling him back? No. Oh. I'm trying to call him back. <laughs> call his ass back. <laughs> Fill the void. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to call I'm, him back. I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible vamper here. <laughs> you, yeah, well, that's apparent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We are trying to call Dante back. We're not sure why Frank's not here this week. <laughs> here we go. This is fucking great podcasting. He's taking your rule, waiting for the third ring. Hello. Hello? Are you there? I didn't take any third rule. I only heard one ring. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Dante. Yeah, I tried to welcome you to the podcast, and then uh, you weren't there. Yeah, I was like, you talked about Frank and how he wasn't there, and then I was just, like, dead. It was just dead air. Talk about Frank and how he's not here. You're like, oh, I'm not going to be here either, so see you guys later. (laughs) No one wants to be on our show anymore. Yeah, unless Frank's here, nobody wants to be on the show. (laughs) Frank's our star. I felt like listening to the show uh, already already recorded. Listening to the beginning, though. Yeah, you don't want to spoil it. No spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Dante. One day or Tuesday. Not that anybody gives a shit. But tell us a tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been listening to the show, and what you're into? Um, let's see. So, well, I played the listening to podcast a little, maybe a little bit less than a year ago, or maybe a little bit more. And I was just searching and searching, and I'm a big comic nut, so uh, I was just searching a bunch of different comic podcasts, and and I listened to quite a few. And I came across your guys. I'm like, oh, pop culture, cool. It sounds good. And hopefully it's about comics and things. And I read the description, and it surely it was. And, and I think I got in around, I think, um, maybe like 35 or 30, somewhere around there. I can't remember the exact number, but uh, I think it was, I think it was, it was definitely after like 20, maybe like 25. Okay. Um, and uh, and I loved it. And I loved how they were long because. Uh, um, I work, you know, 
I, I can work with headphones in my in my ears and everything. So uh, I hate uh, you. Kind of passes the day. <laughs> it passes the day quite uh, uh, quite fast, and I just I listen every week, and I love it, and it's fun. And it's interesting, and and you're rambling. You are rambling. You are a rambling man. <laughs> I, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um. So, uh, like, uh, what are you into, like, uh, pop culture wise and shit? Oh, uh, well, uh, I'm a Cliff, Cliff Notes version, fan. Chief. <laughs> uh, comics, movies, lots of TV. Uh, so I pretty much, you know, I get up, go to work, come home, read comics, watch TV, go to bed, do it all over again until the weekend, and, and just read a lot, and I'll hang out with somebody and stuff like that. But um, this is nothing crazy, not a miraculous life, but it's uh, it suits me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I collect, I used to collect a lot, like I used to collect like, an action figure and badges and things. It just it became too costly. So I keep what I have, and I sold some things that I had. Uh, I did some CBC uh, comic grading and sold a bunch of Walking Dead comics like that. Made a bunch of money on eBay. How much does that cost to get a comic graded? What's the cost for that? Um, well, it changed. Um, before it was just CBC, and um, I can't remember the damn acronym or what it means. Um, but you send it in, and then it costs. Uh, it depends on what uh, what year or what era the comic is from. And uh, it could cost around, you know, maybe like fifteen to twenty bucks an issue, and then you know you got to they got to send it back, and uh, just to have it and to look at it, and if it's not to the grade that you want it to be, they'll send it back because you'll put it in and say I want this to be like a nine point eight, which is pretty much the highest and most popular one, because um, a ten point or a nine point nine is like right off the um, the press, and no one really ever gets those. So the nine point eight is what where it's at. And it can it can run quite a quite a you know bit of money, um, but you do it at the con where the CDC guys are at any cons or wherever they're at. Yeah, and uh, you just submit them right there. And instead of just sending in from your house or from work or wherever you can, um, it's a lot easier and a lot less costly. Uh, but if you do a lot and they're older issues, they can rack up the, the big bucks. Huh. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, there's there's also a, another thing they they just bought this uh, thing. It's called a. Um, it's like a comic press. It was a pressing company, and they press it with like a certain amount of heat and moisture, so they can get out all the like um, they, they, all the uh, creases and stuff, and flatten the issue, so they can be graded higher. And it ended up working. So the company CGC ended up buying them, and now they work together. And they used to give a really good deal when you send it to the pressing company, and the pressing company was sent it to CGC. They're now working together, so it's kind of you kind of miss out on a deal now that they own it. But, yeah, um, that's weird. How you're saying that you tell them what you think the grade is, and then they tell you whether or not you're right. Right, right. So if you say, "Hey, I think this is a 9.8," because I mean, you look at the comics and you know there's no creases, there's no fraying, there's no rips, no tears, no markings on the book or anything like that. And they call what they call color breaks, like when a crease a crease of the page, and you see the white paper in between where the color used to be, you know, full and flat. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Color break. Yeah, so uh, they, they, they mark everything down. They go through the book with gloves and everything and mark everything down uh, from, you know, a 10 or 9.8 value. And then, uh, and then you know, you say, hey, I think this is this. And they go, no, I don't think so, so we'll send it back to you. And it's, you know, a free charge. There's like maybe like three or four bucks to send it back instead of actually grading it. And uh, and then you, you hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. 
because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get at all until it comes back in the mail, already graded and sealed in the plastic. That's a crazy market. Break it open. Yeah, it's really, really crazy because sometimes (laughs) I've heard of people uh, like uh, my my buddy uh, and I used to do it a lot. And if you don't like the grade and you think that because sometimes you get different graders, there's not just one grader there. So if it's not a 9.8 or not what you want, and you get like a 9 or 9.2, then it's probably not going to be a 9.8. But if you get like a 9.4 or 6, break it open and send it back, and it might be a 9.8 depending on who's grading the comic. So <laughs> it's, it's, cra- it's crazy. And they sell for quite a bit on eBay if you look on eBay. Uh, Dante, do you, do, you work, do you work for the CGC? <laughs> no, no, but they're a, they're a really great company, though, and people make a lot of money off of it. Off of, off of comics. They do. I just felt like cool. we were interviewing somebody that worked for the company there. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, uh, I, I, I love the comic <laughs> stuff, man, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's important to me. It's, it's, it's cool. Uh, the CDC company is a pretty good, pretty good company. I, I figured out, like, what question I'm not gonna ask you during this podcast, <laughs> and that question is, <laughs> what, what is the meaning of life? Cause we're gonna be here for the next six hours <laughs> listening to you tell us the meaning of life. So. Yeah, no kidding. We're, I have trouble vamping, but obviously not this guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about life, but I know a lot about comics. Oh, man. I, I'm going to get you your own drop. You know how Frank's got hammer time? What's that song? Is it Led Zeppelin, Ramble On? <laughs> I know this guy would get fired from if his job was to write answers for the Magic 8 Ball. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, no. <laughs> they have to fit on this little yeah, space, like Dante. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll never say, uh, hazy, ask me again later. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get a straight answer every time. Yeah, to be continued on next on next reveal. <laughs> I was always told never to say I don't know, so you, you got to make up something and bullshit around anything. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Right. All right. Uh, so yeah, welcome Dante. Um, let's see thank here. You, thank you. Now, uh, if you haven't listened to our episode, we did a Birthday Boys episode with the uh, Birthday Boys from IFC. If you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it. It was a lot of fun talking to those guys. Yeah, I'm jealous. That was a great show. So it, yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I had yeah. a lot of fun Especially with that. Not one. knowing anything about them. Yeah, yeah. When it, that's a lot of things. Just like raising awareness for it. Like there's still some great sketch comedy out there, and people need to be watching the show. So definitely listen to the episode. They were just like regular guys. It was so fucking cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. I was I was laughing when one of them said that when you were talking about what their favorite episode was, episode nine. Um, they said it was off the rails, and I was like, they they were saying it was off yeah. the rails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they kept talking about the Ninja Turtles too. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. yeah. Talking about how uh, Dave Ferguson was the Leonardo of the group, and then later on. They talked about their origin and yeah. how ooze fell on them. Ooze fell on them, yeah. I just thought it was great, man. They were awesome guys. So, um, yeah, later on in the episode, we're going to be talking about uh, – it's Halloween. So we're going to be talking about, like, what uh, some of our favorite scary movies and scary TV shows are. That's going to be later on in the episode. I'm not going to talk about that right now. We're going to jump into that later. That's after dark material. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that. We were going to talk about our favorite top three superheroes and villains. But since Frank's not here, I guess uh, we're going to wait until next week. To, it's top three. I, I misread the memo. I, I had prepared top five. It's top three. Oh. You can go into five if you want to. Yeah, I can. I'll have honorable mentions then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, episode sixty-four. Episode sixty-four, like Nintendo sixty-four, right? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest old school systems ever. Yeah, I had mine stolen. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, it sucked, dude. Yeah, that was really the first time where, without buying some stupid multi-tap shit, you could plug four controllers right into the right into the motherfucker. That was nice. Yeah, four-player Mario Kart right from the box. 
I remember the first time I played. A, uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go. What were you saying? No, I, I never. I never did have a N64. I always had the uh, Super NES. Uh, and my my neighbor had the N64, so he went over there and played, and the Golden Eye and all that shit. Oh, that's legendary. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember the first time I played. What was it? Super Mario World. Uh, Super Mario sixty four. Oh, that's what they called it. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, dude. Right. Like the first time you pick up Bowser and you swing him around. Oh yeah, by the tail and then you toss him. Oh, it was amazing. The fact that you were like swinging around the joystick in a circle made it feel like you were really swinging him around in the circle. Yeah, it was the first real like three D world game where it, it really... was. The, it was the first. Yeah, it was the first. So yeah, games today I think are still modeled after what Super Mario sixty four first did. Yeah, it, I mean it was it was great at the time. I mean it was amazing at the time. The technology was cool, but like. After you'd done it and done it and done it, it's like I'm so glad that they went back to like the 2D side scroller there for a little bit. Yeah, they still do a lot of the 2D stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mix of both. I think we're going to see another 3D Mario game in, in the near future. I'm sure. All right, guys. Um, we, Frank's not here, but we're going off on the video game tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm going to take a quick pause. All right. Hey, uh, we're gonna. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna read just I think a couple emails. We didn't really get a lot of emails this week, Jake. It was actually you know I love getting emails. Yeah. But you know we only, I think we only got two or three, so it was it was okay. I mean I always like emails, but man, it was a slow email week. Yeah, we need more emails. We need to build up another backlog of emails so we got so we can so someone else can do all our lifting for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. On a slow week, it does help. Yeah. So yeah, help us out. The Army helps when you send the emails. Uh, we got an email this, uh, email this week from John Guerra. I hope I pronounced that name right. Uh, he says, hey, Leftovers, I just wanted to write in real quick for two things. Number one, thanks, Brian, for all the help in putting us in the right direction for getting our podcast started with all the equipment you told me. Yeah, see, I was talking to John had emailed me. Mm. On, the, on past episodes, I've talked about how I've helped like other listeners and things like that, like get their podcast off the ground and like what they need, what equipment and, you know, you know, how to, how, just how to do a podcast. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it is the easiest thing in the world, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but, um, you know, just, he asked me a few questions, so I emailed him back right away. Gave him, you know, a lot of information. I'm sure he'll have more questions for me later. But he says, thanks, Brian, for all the help and putting us in the right direction for getting our podcast started. With all the equipment you told me about, we were able to put together a budget and have started a GoFundMe in hopes that people will help with our don- with the donations or at least help spread the word to those who can. In the meantime, while we raise money, we started at Friday Night Fandom on Instagram in hopes of building a small following before we get our show off the ground. We also wanted to give pe- people the opportunity to check out the type of content we'll be putting out. Number two, I had a quick comment about the Aquaman casting. Idris Elba all the way for Black Manta. That guy is such a badass. I'd hope they'd let him keep his accent and maybe add some cool voice effects as well. I hope they don't go with Will Smith. He's already played out, and I really can't see him as an intimidating villain. Anyways, seriously, thanks so much again for all the help. I don't do much on social media, so you guys have never heard from me, but I'm definitely a loyal listener. Thanks again, John G. That's awesome. So thanks, John G. For that, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm glad I could help him out with the podcast and. Uh, yeah, Idris Elba, you can't go wrong with him as Black Manta. Yeah, well, is Idris Elba on Walking Dead right now? Is that? No. Okay. Someone was trying to tell me that, and I told them they were crazy. They are crazy. I figured I'd verify that with you. No. He's way too big for Walking Dead right now. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Not that Walking Dead is, like, 
small pond. Well, I mean, the only okay. No, 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 no. He could. He, I mean, he could be on the Talking Dead, like the show afterwards, and like talk about sure, it if he's a sure. fan. But I don't see him doing the actual show. Yeah, he doesn't have the time for that. That's what I thought too. So. Okay. I don't think they could put him into anything that would be important. Uh, it would just be like a gimmick. It'd be like, oh, there's Idris Elba. We don't care who he is. You know, is he going to die or not? Who cares? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think it would. It, it would be. It would be a bad. It would be like a jump the shark moment. It, it wouldn't be. It would be cool. I was like, who? Who did they think he was? I, I have no idea. Exactly. I'm so far behind on Walking Dead that none of it would have no. any relevance. Was this just somebody on your like Facebook feed that was like? No, someone I work with. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, he's not on the show. So. Uh, it, it's fine by me. <laughs> that was my reaction too. It was like, really? I, I would have thought I would have heard something about that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, it's time now for good pop, bad pop. Oh, God, there it is. <laughs> good pop, pop, bad drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Now, we do have a rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers, and if you're not familiar with our rating system, we want you to be. So here's the damn rating system. (laughs) The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. It's pretty fitting that uh, we got to listen to Dante talk for about an hour and a half about CGC-graded <laughs> comic books. Uh, do you guys remember the uh, CGC-graded 9.0 Action Comics number one that we talked about a few episodes ago that sold for $3.2 million on eBay? Uh, yeah. Well, now you can read the exact copy digitally – on cgccomics.com. You know, I'm not even going to talk about this anymore. Dante, I'm sure you already know about this. You know everything about... I actually about- didn't hear about that. I know about the, the issue. Wow. I didn't know that, it was, uh, that they actually scanned it and put it up on the site. They did. They scanned it. They put it up on the site. It's pretty awesome. Uh, when, you, when you look at this book, I mean, the pages are still white. There's no yellow or anything on wow, the pages. And you can still even read, like, the ads in there it's it's really cool and it's not just a superman story it has like other stories within the book too so there's like a a zatara uh story about this magician or something like that and uh yeah yeah so uh it's it's amazing i guess it was on display at new york city comic-con and if you didn't get to see it there then this is the next best thing so they like scanned it they scanned that exact copy mm-hmm. oh wow yeah and if you if you go to cgccomics.com that's two c's if you go there you can actually like zoom in and read it and look at each individual panel and stuff and it's the actual comic that 3.2 million dollar comic they scanned it and you can look at that actual book from the inside out, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know we have our uh, we have a really unique rating system. We ought to get in on some of that. Uh, what is it? CBC action. You know, you can send your art or your stuff to us, and we'll we'll rate it for you. <laughs> we'll give it our, the official stamp. You know? No, I don't want people doing that. Somebody <laughs> somebody sends in something, they're really really proud of it, and then I got to toss that fucker. <laughs> and they pay us for it. And they pay us for it. <laughs> and they, I send it back to them, and I just tossed it. <laughs> And you don't want uh, hate mail or some crazy package. Oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, because no. we've never got hate yeah, mail. Yeah, we've never gotten hate mail. Everybody, <laughs> everybody loves us. 
Mr. Opinionated well, over well, here. Uh, the Justice Lamb might send a, a smelly package of some, some sort. <laughs> the Justice Lamb's going to send us some Ebola or something. I've had listeners. I've I've had listeners like say stuff about the podcast bad, and they've caught me on a bad day, uh-huh. and I have gone off in an email before. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, I've witnessed it firsthand. Yeah, so <sighs> maybe one day I'll tell that story. All right. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a little kid, I used to love all those stop motion Christmas specials. Oh yeah, oh, yeah all the definitely. Rudolph and Island of the Misfit Toys stuff and all that stuff. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I always feel bad if I miss them when they're on on TV. Yeah, uh, there was a Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, I loved them. I thought they were great when I was a kid. And it used to be like an event when you were a kid. Yeah, like today you can just like right. get them on DVD or you can watch them probably on Amazon or whatever the fuck whenever you want to. Back in the day, you had to wait a year to watch this kind of stuff. Yeah. Same thing with like uh, the Wizard of Oz. You had to wait. It was like a huge event. And if you missed it, you missed it. You know what I mean? Or you, I guess you could have taped it if you had like a beta or a VHS back in the day. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's so different than it used to be. I was thinking about that with Halloween. Like the, you know, the I used to wait for Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, and now you can just get on Hulu and watch that shit whenever the fuck you want. Yeah, you don't have to have your ass yeah. planted there on it a Wednesday at the seven. Magic of it, though. it does ruin the magic of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Deadline is reporting that Big Bang Theory actor Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon, will be starring as Buddy the Elf in a stop-motion Elf hour-long special that will premiere on ABC on December 16th at 8 p.m., and it's going to be a stop-motion animated feature. That's neat. It looks really good. I will be watching. I, he, yeah. he has a good voice for that. Yeah. Like, you know the Hermie character from the Island of Misfit Toys one? Right. Like, he, he seems like just like the perfect type of voice for that type of character. I actually saw, like, pictures of it. It's got, like, the whale. And, uh-huh. and did they do, like, a claymation thing during that whole movie at all? Did they? During which movie? No, it was mixed in with live action and, like, stop motion. Elf. Oh, in, in Elf. Yeah, they did, yeah. That was all claymation. Yeah. Stop motion. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they're doing. The wall and everything. Right. And I know there was an elf musical for a while. And, uh, but yeah, this looks awesome. Uh, here's the report from Deadline Santa narrates the story of Buddy's travels to New York City to meet the father he never knew he had. Along the way, his unrelenting cheer transforms the lives of everyone he meets and opens his father's eyes to the magic of Christmas. Voice cast also includes Mark Hamill, Ed Asner, Fred Armisen, Jay Leno, Matt Lauer, Gilbert Gottfried, Kate Machucci, <laughs> don't know her. Rachel McFarlane, Max Charles, and Steve Higgins. Yeah, great cast. Yeah. Right, is there going to be songs? Are they going to sing? Yeah, there's going to be, I think, 11 songs total. I think they're going to be using the actual songs from Elf the Musical. Mm-hmm, okay. That sounds pretty cool. When's that on again? Uh, I'm interested. December 16th. On ABC at 8 p.m. Sorry, you caught me with a drink. Oh, no problem, no problem. Ah, so it's a Disney affair. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Dante, yeah. looking forward to that? Oh, very much. Yeah, that sounds cool. I like the, I really like the, uh, the elf, the buddy, the elf character. I thought that was pretty good. And then Jim Parsons is a good voice for it if it's a cartoon version. Yeah, I like it. All right. Last week, we talked a little bit about Max Landis and how I wanted him to write Beetlejuice 2. This week on his website, MaxLandisWrites.com, he posted a script that he wrote as a 19-year-old for a Super Mario World movie. Awesome. And it's titled, This Script Sucks. (laughs) It's a 436-page script, and when each page translates to two minutes, 
It's about a 14-hour-long movie. Wow. Here's a little of what he wrote. Epigraph. What if something appears that shouldn't? You either dismiss it or you accept that there is much more to the world than you think. Perhaps it really is a doorway. And if you choose to go inside, you'll find many unexpected things. And that's a quote from Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Super Mario. Mm -hmm. Okay, Luigi. This is the story of my brother. This is Luigi's voiceover. Okay. Uh, should I do Luigi's voice? That was funny. As long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a Mario brother. <laughs> Luigi says... So send me the script and we'll do the whole thing right here. Yeah. Okay, Luigi says... This is the story of my brother. The greatest hero of a world you will never see. The sound of distant thunder. <laughs> Lightning flash into... You see... Crampton, New Jersey, The Woods, Afternoon, March 1988. The New Jersey Pine Barrens. Everything is gray, brown and green, with pine trees reaching up towards the sky. Three kids run through the woods, two grade school age and one little older, maybe in junior high. The youngest is a girl with flowing strawberry blonde hair and large blue eyes. Her name is Patricia, but everyone calls her Peach. <laughs> She's well out in front of the others, laughing and screaming. Young Peach says... You guys are never going to catch me. <laughs> That's all that I've got here. So no more Luigi voice for me. Aww. I can read that thing again. That was good. I, I can do the rest of the episode in the Luigi voice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hear more of that script, though. That, that was fun stuff. <laughs> well, if you want to read the whole script, you can at maxlandiswrites.com. The, the entire script is posted there. He wrote like a Lord of the Rings treatment for it, basically. <laughs> well, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like, he made it. It's more than one movie, obviously, at yeah. 14 hours. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The Battle of the Seven Mushroom Kingdoms and all that stuff. Jake, for the last two weeks, have you had good pop, bad pop for me? No, I had nothing. The, you... the week before, I was going to talk about the um, the Saturday Night Live movie, but we, I, we just got crammed for time and stuff. Are you going to talk about that this week? Uh, no, I do have something for us this week, though. All right. Are you ready for it? I'm going to lay it on you. Yeah, hit me. Um, this week on Tuesday, Primus came out with a new album, and I'm, I used to like Primus a lot when I was a teenager, but I don't listen to him much anymore. But this new release really um, piqued my interest because they've um, – recreated the entire soundtrack to the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory um, movie. Oh, wow. And uh, it's called Primus and the Chocolate Factory. And they do the whole thing, every single song, from Violet Song to the Pure Imagination to all the Oompa Loompa songs to the I Got a Golden Ticket song. And they've done a lot of neat stuff to promote the album. Um, they, of course, have Primus chocolate bars that you can buy at the concerts and everything. But they actually printed five golden albums. And if you find one of the golden albums, just like the golden ticket in the movie, you don't win like a tour into like the Primus factory, but you get lifetime tickets to Primus concerts. Oh, wow. Anywhere, anytime, if you find one of these golden albums, you can get free tickets to a Primus show. Now, if people don't know who Primus are, where are they going to know Primus from? Uh, where, do, where do you know Primus from? What's, their, what's the big thing they did? Um, South Park. South Park. They, the South they Park. did the South Park theme. Yes. Yes, that's right. I'm not the biggest South Park guy, so I always forget that. But yeah, that that probably is. Did they do any voices on on South Park? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Depeche Mode's been on a few times. Uh, gotcha. Well, Les Claypool, he's the lead singer of Primus. He's the real driving force. Um, he's the bassist and really 
world renowned for being one of the best bassists I think oh, there, yeah. there is out there. Yeah, I, that's the reason I love Primus. Yeah, so you know, thump and bass, and yeah. so you should really check this out, Brian. It's really interesting. They don't. They really put a unique twist on all the songs. It's how do not, you how do you listen to this again? Um, you can just buy the CD. Okay. You can get it anyway. I mean, you can get it on iTunes if you have a Spotify account. Spotify has the album. Any way you stream music or buy music, this album's available. It's it's a national release. Nice. So um, you, you know, you don't have to go buy a physical copy of it. Even you can just get right on your stuff and buy it. Very cool. So if you just go to iTunes, you can even listen to samples and stuff. Very cool. So it's crazy to hear that Primus bass thumping on Pure Imagination yeah. and just the stuff they did with it. No, I'd like to hear that. So that sounds yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's super neat. And um, oh, real quick, I had it loaded up, but I wasn't ready. Um, one of the one of the fans asked why they didn't do anything from the uh, new, the Tim Burton version of the movie, and um, Les Claypool said. We need to make sure that kids in the future watch the original Willy Wonka and not the horrendous, horrible remake that came along and left the taste of feces in our mouths. Nice. So I thought that was fun, trashing the, the Tim Burton remake, which I thought was terrible, too. It was terrible. Agreed, agreed. So he tried to play, like Depp tried to play like a creepy Michael Jackson prototype, and the songs were just horrendous. You couldn't even hear what the lyrics were. If they were good lyrics at all, they were hard to even make out. And that movie is so forgettable to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I watched it. It was like a one-and-done thing. I, like, watched it once and yeah. forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so there you go. I got something for you this week. I know. I'm just checking. Yeah, I know. I'm just checking because, like, I, I'm sometimes I'm afraid to ask. I have a pulse. So. No, no. I, I appreciate it. You should give me shit when I don't. Uh, I don't know. You had something this week. Um, I've, guys, I watched three movies this week. In the theater. Yeah, I saw one movie in the theater this week. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Dante, do you have any good pop, bad pop? Yeah, I have a... Uh, Not the comic uh, grading system. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I read, uh, I finished the uh, the Death of Wolverine uh, comics that came out. And uh, as a whole, I mean, if we're going to do the rating, uh, man, I, I want to like it because I like Wolverine. And the issues were, were okay, but... Uh, the way he died was cool, but I don't want to spoil anything like that. But obviously, he's dead. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be. Uh, well, I think the I, title. I think the title kind of spoils it. The death of Wolverine. Yeah, but, right, but it, the, the whole series was four issues. And it probably should have been six or eight. It well, like, like it wasn't. It wasn't really even four issues because, like, before that, wasn't there like a uh, uh, like a story? What do the, what they call the story leading up to it? It was like three months till two months. Yeah, till. yeah. But that wasn't. It wasn't. That was just like in Wolverine. It was just uh, the story leading up to what was happening. Right. And then when the actual Death Wolverine series came out, it felt the whole thing felt rushed and forced. And after reading issue three. And then going into issue four, it felt like I missed an issue from starting issue four. Uh, the, the art was amazing, and the way that uh, that they uh, they got rid of Wolverine was was really interesting. But it just felt way too forced and rushed. So uh, I mean, if you love Wolverine, you're probably going to read it. Who was the creative team behind that? Yeah, I think it was uh, Charles Soule uh-huh. and then Steve McNiven. Oh yeah, amazing in it. But um, and I may be wrong on the artist, but I don't I don't think so. But it was it was good, but then it it wasn't. So there, there was there were good elements, and there were very poor, poor character stories that weren't followed through. Very many plot holes. 
Um, so is there no Wolverine ongoing now? Uh, no, it ended. Um, and then his all his Savage Wolverine uh, comic ended, and uh, Wolverine the X Men is now going to be Spider Man the X Men. Um, I guess Spider Man because he's like a teacher who's going to teach at the Xavier School now or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, that hasn't come out yet. But uh, but yeah, I think Wolverine's uh, he's pretty much done. Yeah, I I, I saw the the panels of how he died and stuff like that. I, I read those. Just to see, you know, how spoiler, how did he die? I don't know. Like it was weird because like they only showed like the last few panels. Should I get into it, Dante? Uh, I, I mean, I could tell it. I, I read it recently. If you want me to go into it, I don't know. I th- I just think it would have been cool if I think it would have been cool if like it would have just been like a really bizarre, unexpected way that he died, like. Like Wolverine's like, I don't know, walking down, you know, a flight of steps and trips and like yeah. snaps his neck <laughs> and that kills him. Or- I think they didn't, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I mean, uh, you I did. Think they, they didn't want to, they didn't want to, they didn't want to uh, cheap it, you know, give a cheap ending. I mean, they wanted to have him go out and find a heroic way to where he, what do you die so, saving so. kittens? Wow. Yeah, well, the, um, the Cornelius doctor died it ends up. Adamantium back in the day, he was trying to make more weapons, but more. Oh, this audio sounds like shit, Dante. Yeah, that sounded like garbage. This sounds like shit. All right, no, hold on. I'm gonna. All right, yeah, we're back. We had to take a little quick pause there. Get Dante. We're starting to lose you there for a second. Yeah, sorry guys. The whole Google Hangouts and all this, you know, nonsense. Not my thing right now. <laughs> is uh, is Wolverine still dead? Has Marvel brought him back in just that short time since we had to pause? Oh no 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 no! He's he's he died just like last week, so it's, he'll be dead for a little while. Uh, a little while being four months. Well, I don't know. I mean, it may it may be different. Uh, the way he died. Well, I mean, you you don't know the way he died. So what I was getting into before we got all messed up. Um, that this uh, the Doctor Cornelius, the guy who created Wolverine and gave him the adamantium skeleton and everything. Uh, he had a couple, like three or four. Uh, I think it was three new weapons that he was trying to make perfect, so they can be uh, easily easier controlled to be controlled and everything. Uh, like Wolverine, what was not, and um, and basically uh, he broke in there, and they had a quick flash of a really cool villain that was supposed to stop Wolverine. And he was done in, like, a panel. Like, I don't know if he was dead or not, but he was a cool villain to just, like, get rid of after, like, one or two panels. And Wolverine ended up kind of saving the day. And he slashed the hot adamantium, you know, container that that was going to be pumping into these guys to give them their skeletons. And the adamantium basically fused to his whole body, making him a statue. Uh, And that's kind of how he he went out. Really cool way to go out, saving the three guys, but the... All four issues were, they were just really, really rushed, and uh, it was, in a way, uneventful. Uh, it was just too fast. Of course uh, it was uneventful. It was called The Death of Wolverine, and then that's what you got. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. I, it was mostly, how are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? And they did it cool, but they did it way too fast. And it should have been, like, six or eight issues, not four. Uh, too many holes, uh, too, too many things not answered, uh, unanswered questions and everything. Um and characters in different places and why they were there and things like that. So you're, uh, what, what are you rating it? Uh, I'm going to rate it a low taste. I mean, if you're a Wolverine fan, you're probably going to read it and you want to see how it's going to happen. So you're going to read it anyway uh, to, 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 to check it out. But um, 
uh, a low a low taste it. Uh, the whole series maybe a toss it, but the way he died is 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 a high taste to maybe a Tupperware. I really like the way he died for me anyway. Um, I'm gonna see how other people might like that, but hmm. uh, I, I I enjoyed it in a way because I'm a Wolverine fan, but uh, it could have been way better. It just really could have been better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I saw the last few panels and like it looked like he was like melting or something with the adamantium. No, it looked like it, yeah, the adamantium just covered him. Yeah. so it wasn't melting. It was just like it 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 like fused over his body and hardened like a he got Han Soloed basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Han Solo got out of it. <laughs> so. Wolverine will be back. Wolverine will uh, be back. Six, already, six months. They've already shown him on future solicitations, so yeah, he'll be back. Six months. I, I got ten bucks uh, on it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Any future solicitations might be all this multiversal uh, 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 Secret Wars stuff, so it might not actually be him. It might be a different universe as Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Six yeah. months. He'll be back. Ten bucks. <laughs> ten bucks. All right. <laughs> all right. We're on, Dante. All right. Let's do it. All right, I don't if it's a if it's some other different time Wolverine, but he's in the six one six and he's Wolverine, then I win the ten bucks there too. No, 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 because it's not the original Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. has to come out of the adamantium shell for you to get ten bucks. Uh, if it's Wolverine, it's Wolverine. I get ten bucks if Wolverine comes back. I'll give you both twenty bucks if you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hey, they're making X-23 into the next Wolverine, maybe. So if she becomes Wolverine, then you get ten bucks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> if Logan comes back, I win. However okay. he comes back. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, this week I saw I saw three movies, guys. That's nice. I don't know what you saw besides um, John Wick and the uh, Bill Murray flick. Well, uh, I announced the other movie on uh, Facebook. I saw Kill the Messenger. Oh, okay. Uh, starring Hawkeye himself, Jeremy Renner. Uh, I've heard of it. Big fan of uh, you know him in the Hurt Locker. Loved it. I loved him. I thought he was great in American Hustle. Uh, even though originally he wanted Bradley Cooper's role in that film, they gave him a different role. Um, you know, and on recent episodes, I've given uh, Renner some slack about uh, you know about me saying like you know we'll <laughs> we'll never see a Hawkeye solo film. Or oh, even, that's right. <laughs> or even a Black Widow team up movie. You know, because Marvel might be looking at you know how his other projects have performed. <laughs> um, and you know, even though it's getting a sequel, Hansel and Gretel wasn't like a critical you know darling, and uh, his uh, Bourne film was the worst performing of all the Bourne films. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how was Kill the Messenger uh, a movie that, you know, he's headlining? And I'm going to get into that. Now, here's what the film is about. It's based on the true story of journalist Gary Webb. The film takes place in the mid-1990s when Webb uncovered the CIA's past role in importing huge amounts of cocaine into the U.S. that was aggressively sold into ghettos across the country to raise money for the Nicaraguan Contras, Rebel Army. Despite enormous pressure not to, Webb chose to pursue the story and went public with his evidence, publishing the series Dark Alliance. As a result, he experienced a vicious smear campaign fueled by the CIA. At that point, Webb found himself defending his integrity, his family, and his life. It's uh, directed by Michael Cuesta. It stars Jeremy Renner, Rosemary DeWitt, Robert Patrick, Barry Pepper, Andy Garcia, and Ray Liotta. Now, 
I shouldn't say that it stars those last four actors, Robert Patrick, Barry Pepper, Andy Garcia, and Ray Liotta. They are barely in it. <laughs> uh, it's a shame, too. You know, watching the trailers, I, I thought that I was going to see a lot more Andy Garcia in this movie and a lot more Liotta, and that just wasn't the case. They kind of teased you in the trailer, and you didn't get none of that. Yeah, huh? the, the trailers didn't make it seem like these – because they showed them in the trailers, and I, I, I had no idea that they were just going to be like pretty much just like really quick scenes with those characters. Yeah, that's kind of chintzy. Yeah, but – Overall, it's a it's a fascinating scandal. The scandal uh, itself. Uh, there's nothing overly fascinating about the movie, though. I'm I'm gonna give it a taste. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the movie's fault, really, or the director's fault that this is not a Tupperware. I mean, it's a true story. They're just telling the fucking story, uh, and they did a great job, you know, storytelling, in my opinion. Now, Renner's performance is really good. He he he's a guy who just wants to tell the truth in journalism, and then watches his whole life fall apart. Um, the movie does make you think. Um, just going in and, and knowing that most of the story that they put on the screen are things that Webb went through, was it, it was just kind of like, wow, I can't believe that this guy went through all this shit the CIA put him through. Um, I, I wish they would have gotten into more of like Webb's later years, though. They didn't. It was basically when the movie ended, they just kind of like flashed it up on the screen. Did you get the paragraphs of text? Yes. Yeah. The movie isn't a Tupperware. Um, it's hard to love a movie where the little guy stands up for what's right, and instead of you know David defeating Goliath, you got Goliath just curb stomps David. <laughs> and no, like that's that's no fault of the movie. What what Dante? No, no, I was just I was laughing. It was funny. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like he was being drowned underwater for a second there. <laughs> right. I thought maybe he got curb stomped. <laughs> yeah. That it's no fault of the movie, though. You know, they did a great job telling the story. I just wish it would have gone into more of Webb's later years. Um, I am going to Tupperware Renner himself, though, for making this movie. Nice. Various members of the cast and crew have admitted to receiving government-level pushback to the film, both during filming and in post-production. So I commend Jeremy Renner for wanting to get this film out there so people can watch it. Nice. That just came out this week, too, huh? No, been sitting out there week, for a couple of weeks. This week or last week, yeah, hmm. yeah. So really small, independent film, and I just really wanted to see it because I loved his. I loved Hurt Locker, and I was just like, uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm probably gonna love this movie. It's a taste it though. Yeah, I, I can see how it seemed like that type of fare on the outside. Yeah. So, huh. cool. Well, I'm glad you saw it. I watched another movie, uh, Saint Vincent. I saw it yesterday. I'm excited to hear what you think about this. The trailer looks good. You're back underwater Yeah, again. you sound like you're underwater, Chief. Am I really? Oh, there you yeah. are. All right. All right. I'm here. Some, right. Someone giving you swirlies over there? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I'm not giving you mouth-to-mouth if you do start drowning, though. All right. No, we'll let you die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I, yeah, I watched St. Vincent. I don't even have any notes on it. I just watched it yesterday. Um, Bill Murray, if you haven't seen the trailers, it's Bill Murray, Melissa McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a kid, right? And a kid. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name, the kid, the kid actor's name, but his name in the movie is Oliver. Um, man, what can I say about this movie? Was it funny? It was, it was, it was a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I say about this? What movie? about a rating? A rating on it? I'm yeah. gonna, I'll get to that. Okay. Let's see here. It looked good. It looked good. I think it looks good too. 
Yeah. I'm interested. I definitely want to see it. What's it's, the rating? PG-13? It's a PG-13. Okay. So not, not too dark, but it gets dark, huh? Oh, it's definitely, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, basically, the character Bill Murray plays Vincent. Uh, this guy's life is just in the toilet. It's it's sad, really. Um, you know, from drinking and, and, and tons of debt and, uh, you know, gambling and, and things like that. I mean, this guy's life is in the, is in the toilet. Um, you know, he's got bookies after him and, and everything. Um, let me start off with Melissa McCarthy. She's an actress I've kind of given some shit about here lately. Me too. Loved her in Bridesmaids. Absolutely loved Mm -hmm. her in Bridesmaids. I mean, she had that character and she played that character very well. Very funny. Agreed. In this movie, she's not that crude, rude character. She pl- basically is playing like the Jason Bateman straight man of the group. Okay, which is a, I like her better that way, and she does it very, very well. She's a single mother. Uh, the you know the boy's father had been cheating on her, and she plays a single mother that's moved out, moved into a new home. She moves in next to Vincent, and you know she's working late hours. She she can't be with her son all the time. So I mean she's she's working a lot and what happens is is she can't make it home and pick up her kid from school so the kid ends up walking over to the neighbor's house which is Vincent and uh Vincent basically since he's hurting for money says to the mother over the phone that yeah I'll watch your kid for 12 bucks an hour <laughs> and uh that's steep ba- yeah the, she has no choice though she's kind of you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, but the the movie is it, it's a it's great for character development and um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it it's a Tupperware it, it's it's nice so so good it starts off as a taste it but the ending oh my god so fucking emotional looked that, really charming that kid the kid Oliver he gives a speech at the end of the movie that is so emotional. I mean, basically, it's like this guy is such a – things aren't what they always seem on the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, you like, can't judge a book by its cover. You can't judge a book by its cover. And this kid finds out about this guy, his past, and what he's done for the family now. And it's just like – it made me think to myself like, wow, you know, everyone when they die, they're going to have a legacy. And, you know, the way that this kid put this guy's life into perspective at the end of the movie – it's just like because like you're watching the whole you're watching the movie you're just thinking this guy's this huge piece of shit <laughs> and then there's this speech of redemption and you're just like it's like wow you know I it was so good that the, the way the movie ended was so fantastic just watch it it's uh, Saint Vincent Bill Murray Melissa McCarthy and the kid that plays Oliver is just just out of this world talented so good so good yeah it's on my must watch list i i really want to see it it looked like a great role for bill murray looked like a great child actor um like you pointed out it looked like melissa mccarthy a little bit tamed down and not being wild and annoying and a screaming character yeah so yeah i really want to see this yeah you really felt bad for her man you just like you know this poor woman what she's gone through and then it's it's a hard movie to describe um and like I read some reviews from like some of the critics and like one of the critics was like, why can't we have uh, a movie where like the grumpy crotchety old man, you know, stays the grumpy old crotchety old man. <laughs> and I'm just thinking myself like, what's the payoff? There? What's the payoff? Yeah. yeah. You know, why can't we have a critic that's not a crotchety old <laughs> critic and, 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 and not looking at like the value in like a, a store in a movie like that. I just, 
I don't understand, but I thought it was great. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It started off a taste it, but man, the payoff is just there. It's amazing. All right. Um, I'm looking forward to Interstellar. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to not seeing trailers for Interstellar. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> not, not that it, I'm not excited to see the movie by any means, but it's, there's always that movie where you see the trailer every time you go see a movie. Yeah. And a you're billion just, fucking times. Yeah, you're like, I cannot wait for this movie to come out just to stop seeing the trailer. <laughs> yeah. And then they show new stuff, and you get disappointed because you've already seen it when you're trying to, you know, watch the movie for the first time. I hate, I hate all these damn trailers. There's too many. Yeah, exactly. You had me at Christopher Nolan's new movie. I don't need to see five trailers. Yeah. Right. One trailer, one time, and then any time I see in the theater, then that's fine. But on, on TV or the internet, I won't be watching any more trailers for anything. Like the same with the Avengers. I saw that once, and or I saw it like five times online. But I don't want to watch it anymore or any new ones until I see it in the theaters. Oh, I'm gonna be watching. You'll watch everything they give you. I am. I I don't. I won't. I won't. I don't. I don't want that stuff to be uh, spoiled for me. I, I I like to see those movies, you know, in full. Well, we do a podcast, so we have to. Yeah. Well, no, I understand. I understand. For the big stuff, it's impossible to resist for me, like right. the Star Wars and the, and the Marvel stuff. It's like, oh, I can't look away. Are either you guys looking yeah. forward to Nightcrawler? Yeah, Nightcrawler looks great. I haven't seen a full trailer for it, but I'm interested. I've only seen bits and pieces, like a TV spot. But, I'm going to watch uh, it next. I'm, I'm interested. Jake Gyllenhaal's really, really been in some good stuff lately. Yeah. Yeah. He should be freaking Iron Fist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think he's too big for that at this point. Yeah, too, way too big for a Netflix Yeah, series. yeah. Um, there's another movie uh, that I couldn't wait to see uh, once I saw the trailer, and that movie was John Wick. Yeah. From the trailer, you might think you're just watching another movie like The Equalizer, uh, which is a movie that I really liked a lot, and, and I gave I gave The Equalizer a high taste. That, um, John Wick is directed by David Leitch and, Stad, and Chad Stahelski. Close enough. It's written by Derek Kolstadt. It stars Keanu Reeves as John Wick, Michael Nyquist as Vigo Tarasov, Alfie Allen as ISF Tarasov, Willem Dafoe as Marcus, Dean Winters as Avi, Adrian Palicki as Miss Perkins, and uh, it's nice to see Adrian Adrian Palicki in a, in another film. It's nice because I a lot of people give her shit because she's been in a lot of shit movies. You know, she was in like the GI Joe movies that didn't do too well. She was in the, uh, what was it? The, the wonder woman pilot on NBC that didn't make it to air. And so she's gotten a lot of shit lately. Um, she is a very good actress. I was a big fan of hers on Friday night lights. Okay. That's what she got her fame from, huh? She was fantastic on that show. And it was a great TV drama. Um, and then uh, John Leg was. I'm sorry. No, she was really good on the latest is uh, Shield episode as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, she was really good. Mockingbird, uh, Bobby Morse character. She was she was really good. She's Mockingbird. Yeah. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah, and she had a cool new costume that they're going to reveal uh, this Tuesday. Uh, she wasn't really in costume at all. She was like uh, undercover with Hydra and stuff. Um, spoiler, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, so she's gonna have a pretty cool costume. They've they've previewed it a little bit online already. Um, but she looks pretty damn good uh, as for the role. And then uh, in uh, John Wick, John Leguizamo stars as Aurelio. Mm-hmm. I think I pronounced that right. Yeah. All right. So let me let me. Jake, you saw this too, right? I did. Dante didn't. You didn't get a chance to see it. I did not. No. 
then you can. I was actually looking forward to your review, uh, but uh, yeah. And I think Jared Gafford, Jared Gafford of the uh, Joe Schmo Comic Show. I think he's going to do a write up for our website on the on the movie. Um, so let, let's talk about John Wick. So what do you get when you take the movies The Raid and then the video game Hitman? You get John Wick. In John Wick, Keanu Reeves plays an ex-hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that took everything away from him. Um, Jake, do you want to rate this first or do you want to want me to rate it? I'll let you rate it first. All right. Uh, most action movies are pretty cookie-cutter in my opinion. You know, you've got bad guys doing bad things and then the hero has to save the day. Or, or the hero is forced out of retirement to take care of the evil that is happening in the city. You know, <laughs> John Wick is the story of a guy whose wife has just died and after he's returned from the funeral, he comes home and a package arrives with a note from his late, late wife. In the note, she says she doesn't want him to be alone while he grieves and she bought him a puppy. John Wick still wakes up, you know, he's still trying to live his life, go to work, but he just seems empty now without her. But the dog is there and he starts to warm up to this puppy and he's the last, the puppy's like the last connection to his wife. The story takes us to a scene where he's filling up gas in, in, in this beautiful 69 Mustang where these Russian thugs offer to buy his car. He says that the car, you know, they, they, they want to buy his car. He says the car is not for sale. Yeah, they say uh, they say to him uh, in Russian, everything has a price, bitch. <laughs> and without hesitation, he says something back in Russian along the lines of uh, not this guy, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then he drives off. Now, later that night, he's walking around his apartment and he's visited by gangsters who take him by surprise. They knock him out. Then they kill his dog and they steal his car. It's a sad scene where that dog dies. Yeah, in my it, opinion, super sad because they really focus on on just how adorable the uh, dog actor was that they had for this movie. Yeah, and then I I was glad that they didn't really like it's it's kind of out of focus when the dog gets killed and re- a real quick cut, and I I was thankful for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love animals, and so when the dog dies and he wakes up and sees the dead dog and he's holding the dog. I instantly connect with his character at that point. At that point, I am connected to John Wick. I don't know anything really about his past, but I know that this guy loved his wife, loved that dog, and he's had everything taken away from him. And so right there, from that, just from the first 20 minutes of the movie, I instantly have connected with John Wick, the character. Definitely. And, um, and in my opinion, anyone that could do that to a puppy, in my opinion, they need to suffer. So now you've got my attention, and now you've got a man that's been pushed to the brink. You know, his wife was just buried. They, they killed his dog. They they stole his car, um, and they messed with the wrong motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but the villains find out that the guy who they attacked was John Wick, and John Wick has a past as a top assassin, an assassin who's been out of the game for pro- uh, probably about five years. Um, and he's the assassin that you'd send to kill, uh, you know, other assassins. Yeah, he's Mr. Badass. Yeah, they call him the Boogeyman. Yeah, that was a weird nickname. And then, uh, then after that, didn't like, like the, one of the guys say that, uh, no, he's the guy that kills the Boogeyman or yes. something like that. Yeah. Hmm. 
but this is not your typical action movie. The world, it feels, the world of John Wick, it feels very much lived in. There's, uh, rules and relationships that are already pre-established. They just throw you into it. Mm-hmm. You're not learning about it. It's a, it's a world where assassins stay at a hotel called the Continental, which I loved the Continental. Uh, oh, awesome. The, yeah, the Continental was an awesome place. How it was like your safe zone, right? You know, like in Highlander, if you could, you couldn't get killed in the church. This was like the John Wick equivalent of that. Like when you were there, you you weren't supposed to be able to be attacked. Or, yes, there's a no violence rule on the hotel grounds. Yeah, and the guy that ran the place, he it's the guy that played Al Swearingen on Deadwood. Um, who? Oh gosh, what was it? I was waiting for you to name him Sorry. when you read the cast, but you didn't get that far on him. But he Sorry. was really great in this. Yeah, I've ne- and I've never seen Deadwood. I apologize. Um, uh, if you break you the – what's that? You got to see it. <laughs> if you break uh, the no violence rule while you're at the Continental, there are major repercussions. It's a very cool underworld that you learn about that is run by people. They they, they use gold coins. Uh, there's dinner reservations, secret oaths, and then that cleaning crew. Oh, sorry. I was trying to look that up real quick. Yeah, the cleaning crew was great. That reminded me of the old uh, damage control comic books yeah. where you call in the people that clean up the superhero messes. Right. Kind of the same concept going on there. And the Continental, like that whole – everything about that whole uh, hotel, it had a very comic book feel to it in my opinion. Um, the Continental is probably like one of the coolest set pieces in the film. I loved it. Um, the action here in the movie, in my opinion, is top notch. There's plenty of fighting and bone cracking. Uh, the, the shooting is precise and deadly and a lot of the shooting is up close and personal. Um, no, no cheap cuts either. Like I hate in action movies where they like shove the camera right up into what's going on and you're like, what the fuck just happened there? Like you saw every bullet fired and every, like every target and like every motion you could follow along with all the with all the action and they don't cut a lot too a lot of these sequences take place for quite a long time they don't you know what i mean it's like one yeah. it's like a it's a it's a it's all done in like one single shot a lot of it yeah i really appreciate that in an action movie um there's no lack of blood spray in the movie the villains no. the villains are fantastic in the film michael nyquist as vigo is really awesome there's never a dull moment in the movie i the movie is hands down the best action movie I've seen since the original Raid and Raid 2, and I'm going to Tupperware this movie all day long. Yeah, I'm also going to Tupperware this movie. I, I It was great. I mean, it's your typical action movie, and yes, it's not – it doesn't not have all the tropes that you know action movies have. But it's really unique in that how it just thrust you right into the action. Um, I really liked um, Alfie Allen's character. He's like the ultimate scumbag in this. Um, he plays the the asshole that kills his dog, and he's just a slimy little motherfucker. And he does such a great job at playing that role. Um, some of our listeners may know him as uh, Theon Greyjoy on Game of Thrones, also known as Reek, and uh, he just does such a great job of playing such a slime ball. Um, the scene when he's chasing after him when they're right in the middle of the full-on dance club rave. He's in his towel and just running to try to get away from John Wick as he's just waxing one guy after the other. Just a great gun-fu gun scene. And you can see him from a distance, like, shimmying and shaking, trying to get away and everything. Really funny. At one point, I was laughing out loud at just what a great scumbag Alfie Allen was playing. 
So yeah, I, I love this movie. Um, it was just the right length. It wasn't. It was like I think right at like one forty, maybe one forty five. It felt yeah, like yeah. Um, you know, with a half an hour of trailers, it's always nice to go to the movies and not be there for over three hours. I really enjoyed that. Um, great movie. Um, Keanu Reeves' performance was really great. Didn't really have a lot to say, but really conveyed like his character through his emotions and facial expressions, and just seeing him like getting ready before he's going to have 10 minutes of consecutive action. And it just seems so real seeing him like build up his nerves to get ready to throw his body out in the middle of the gunfight. And just, uh, I could watch this movie like three times in the next month and see different stuff every time I saw it. Well, they did a great job of explaining like why he did not have a lot to say. Um, there's that part where they're in the continental. He's talking to the bartender and she says, this is the most vulnerable I've ever seen you. Oh, yeah. So this sounds like a guy who's a professional that really doesn't have a lot to say most of the time. He doesn't want to show his weaknesses. So we probably got to see John Wick at his most vulnerable in this movie. Um, would I want to see a prequel movie? Probably not. Would I want to see a John Wick comic book? Absolutely. I would love to see a John Wick comic book if they did a prequel. Yeah, it'd be a great action book for sure. Yeah. Um, have somebody like Ed Brubaker write it. I would be there. Yeah, so, that's that's great. That sounds great. Uh, Adrian Palicki finally is in a performance in a film that's great. So loved that. Uh, it's a damn shame that this movie did not get to come out before the Wonder Woman was cast in the DC Cinematic Universe because I think Adrian Palicki would be a better. Wonder Woman than Gal Gadot because Adrian Palicki is like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, they made such a big to-do. Instead of wig gate, it was fucking skirt gate and pants gate for that fucking shit. It was really annoying. Yeah. It's like just let him have whatever. Well, I don't see what the big deal is there, the pants, the skirt thing. Right. So. Yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Tupperware this movie. It is fantastic. You do need to see it in theaters. It is that good. Um, it was that good. Tupperware potty. And I'm going to disagree a little bit. You said like it's just like you you know you see a lot of the same stuff in the action movies. I I I as far as like the Continentals concerned. Yeah. I've I got I got a very comic book feel from that whole the 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 assassins Continental and all that stuff. Like like I I thought like. I reading uh, watching this movie you think like it was like a Mark Millar comic book like being adapted. Yeah, it, I can see where you're coming with that. And yeah, it was Ian McShane is the guy that ran the Continental. Yeah. And I that would that would almost be more entertaining than a prequel is to see more adventures and more stuff going on in the Continental because yeah. obviously there's more stuff going on there besides just like John Wick running in and out like right. the, it seems like it's kind of a hot spot for activity. Yeah. So I bet a lot of the people staying there have stories. Maybe like it'd be fun to see like a four rooms type movie that took place in the Continental. Oh God, four rooms! What a great movie! You know, you see like four different guests of the Continental and what why they're there, why they're seeking sanction. Yeah, that would that. be that would be phenomenal. So yeah, movie's doing pretty well in the box office too. Is it? I haven't checked. Yeah, Ouija took the week with like twenty mil. Oh God, that's <laughs> but terrible. It's that's Halloween. Terrible. It's Halloween. And it's, it's Halloween exactly, and that's why they keep making movies like this because you put it out two weeks before Halloween and you're gonna hit that 
you know, 18 to 24 demographic every time. Not many good Halloween movies are coming out right now. We got Ouija and then we've got uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah. They pulled Annabelle. They pulled it because the ratings sucked. Wow. So it's out of theaters already? I don't know every theater, but I read uh, an article, uh, I think yesterday or today, about uh, how they, they pulled it because the ratings were bad. Well, I couldn't so I even make uh, it to Halloween. I don't know how long it'll take for everyone to be pulled out, but but I think it's gone or going. Yeah, I think Saw is coming back for Halloween this year. I read that somewhere. I heard that too. Yeah, it's like the 10th it's anniversary. The 10th anniversary. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to do the Pop Culture Leftovers news. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. This is the worst episode ever, right, Jake? No. Yeah, it is. This is fucking horrible. Absolutely not. Bullshit. My energy levels for shit. I, you know what I mean? I, it, this whole episode's been fucking off. There's been episodes where we, where we like got sick, though, and like sick ended. Wasn't that worse? Dude, this is fucking – no. This this episode is the worst fucking episode <laughs> we've ever fucking done. I'm looking over for the big cane that's going to yank us off the studio here. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like the gong show. Somebody fucking, somebody fucking hit the gong. Yeah, is, is fucking Mr. T out there? Can he hit the gong? Yeah, the unknown comic. <laughs> is Dante watching TV? What's going on back there? No, the echo's bad. Um, <laughs> that's fitting. This, oh my god! This is the worst goddamn episode ever. <laughs> Technical difficulties, low energy levels. Someone tried to call me in the in the middle of our conversation, so it fucked everything up. Jesus, Dante! <laughs> Not my fault. My buddy's trying to call me. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be like us and not popular. <laughs> not getting calls. <clears throat> See now the volume's down. What the fuck is going on here? All right, there we go. <laughs> this is what. What is going on with the volume? Why is it going up and down? This is ridiculous. Up and down. We level. I don't know. Are we good? <laughs> Dante's underwater half the episode. I know. <laughs> or sounding like Max Headroom. Hold on. Let me pause. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, welcome back to the worst episode ever. <laughs> we're back. And we're back. On the hey, worst... uh, it's uh, Terminator's 30th anniversary. Let's just start off with that. Oh, yeah, I got I It is term. Today is the day. Yeah, today. Well, Sunday, the day we're recording this today. Well, right, yeah, it's Sunday. So, yeah, there's a really good article on Entertainment Weekly's website where they interview everyone about 30th anniversary of it. 
So it's really cool. They talked to Schwarzenegger about how he didn't want to be the villain and that Cameron had to kind of talk him into doing it because he was wanting to, you know, he had just got off Conan and he wanted to keep doing leading roles and stuff. And Cameron said, no, don't worry. It's not going to be like that. We're going to make you a villain, but everyone's going to love you. And it worked. Worst episode ever. I thought Dante was going to say something. (laughs) This is the worst fucking episode of Pop Culture Leftovers in Pop Culture Leftovers history. Can you imagine if if, if, if I'm the guy who brought down all the Pop Culture Leftovers? Oh, seriously. Nobody is going to like this episode. This is the worst episode ever. You've destroyed the show, Dante. Dante broke Uh, it. You broke us, Dante. All right. I guess. I have uh, all these notes too. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I did the intro this week with the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the dildo printer commercial. Yeah. All right. So I'd started drinking when I did the intro. I was like drinking as I was doing the intro. Okay. And by the time the intro was finished, I had drank quite a bit last night, Jake. <laughs> so do you want to hear my, <laughs> My drunk intro? <laughs> yes, I do. Here we go. <laughs> it's very fitting for this episode that yeah. we play this, right? Here we go. Precision. <laughs> Class. Performance. <laughs> Performance issues. Unsatisfaction. <laughs> Divorce. <laughs> Joint custody. <laughs> did we lose? Did we lose? <laughs> Worst episode ever. Oh, <laughs> was that it for the intro? That's it for the intro. That Worst was... episode ever. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. I uh, uh, guys, I'm just gonna end it. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. No, I'm not going to end it, Jake. I want to. My eyes were bugging out. I was like, I oh my gosh. I want to. I want to. This is fucking, this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk some good stuff that we can't fuck up. Now I'm getting a message from, is it Dante? No. Oh, Dante's call did end. That's what that noise was. That's what I thought. Oh we lost Dante. Big shock of Rudy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag worst episode ever. Yes, please. Yeah, let's get that trending. <laughs> yeah, because we're doing a bang-up job of doing that right now. <laughs> wow. Are we going to try to get him back on the horn? Let's hear what he has to say from uh, Waterworld. Oh. <laughs> oh, let's hear from Dante and his aqua lung. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody fucking shoot me. This is fucking horrible. <laughs> I'm pausing again. Go for it. Oh my god! I think I had a break on that note. Hey, we're back. We are back. <sighs> Those lines of cocaine did not help. They did not help. Yeah, I just want more now. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Dante will not be joining us for the rest of the podcast. Just too many issues, like with the audio quality and the connection on Google Hangouts, and yeah, yeah, he was like possessed. He was possessing our podcast with bad, bad internet spirits or something. Yeah. So. so. All right. So sorry about that, Dante. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun having you on when we could understand what the fuck you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) What a nice sentiment, huh? (laughs) 
I should write Hallmark cards. <laughs> we're the, exactly. We're the most gracious hosts ever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and this is the reason why we don't have people wanting to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had big. We had a big guest this week, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we probably we got lucky, probably because they had never heard it before, right? right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know why they contacted us. Yeah, very strange. Cool though. Yeah, it was cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, we're talking about the birthday boys. Yeah, so who knows what the fuck we're talking about? I right? don't know. God, th- yeah, who knows what we're talking about this episode? Oh my god, this one's off the rails it in not the good way. Totally off the rails, and yeah, the worst way possible. <laughs> oh man, oh god, I don't even. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about half of these news stories now because they're just gonna go all fucked up like the rest of the shit. Like this, like yeah, this 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 episode just has bad mojo all over it. Yeah. You're not feeling it, huh? Is no, it? it's Halloween. This fucking podcast is haunted. <laughs> it's the haunted episode of PCL. Yeah, it is. Yeah, who whose ghost is haunting us? Do you think? I, 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 I whose ghost? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know a, 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 a ghost that's not entertaining. Apparently, yeah, yeah. That, that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh no, we got. You don't want to talk about some of the big some of the big news? Okay. The, I guess whatever news are we doing? Yeah, news. Yeah, hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. Whatever. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Read all about it. It's a little <laughs> news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. It's really not gangster as fuck. Yeah, I'm with you. Even usually that even that beat just gets me going and. Yeah. This time I was just like, eh. Well, here I am. Here I am. Our next news story. I'm promising gangsters fuck news. I'm going to talk about the new Archie series. Oh, that'll be exciting. Yeah. Here, yeah. Ooh, that, that's gangster. Archie. <laughs> Nothing's more gangster than River, <laughs> Riverdale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Deadline's reporting that Greg Berlanti, who is executive producer for Arrow and Flash, will be bringing a live-action Archie TV show based on the popular Archie comic book series to Fox called Riverdale. Uh, the show is promised to be gangster as fuck. That, that is a quote from Deadline. Really? No. <laughs> wow. Am I, am I that good, Jake? Can I, can I say anything with a straight face and you're going to buy it? <laughs> Reel me in here. Jake's putting the hook in his mouth if you can't see that. All right, guys. I used to like I I used to read Archie comics as a kid, but me too. You, yeah, I dropped off. You know, getting older, of course. Yeah, you hit um, puberty, you, you drop the Archie comics. Yeah, and you pick up the J.C. Penny magazine, yeah, Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah, and you lock yourself in the bathroom for a couple hours. So, I the only thing I've been reading is Afterlife with Archie, uh, where the town of Riverdale it's been overrun with zombies, and the art is by um, uh, Frank Francesco Francavilla. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. It's really fucking good. I read the first three issues. It is fantastic. Really good. Um, now, here are the details according to the deadline about the series. The series will showcase the eternal love triangle of Archie Andrews, the girl next door, Betty Cooper, and rich socialite Veronica Lodge, and will include the entire cast of characters from the comic book, including Archie's rival, Reggie Mantle, and slacker best friend, Jughead Jones. Popular gay character, Kevin Keller. Also will play a pivotal role with other characters from Archie Comics' expansive library also slated to appear. Yeah, we're going to have Moose. Uh, yes, Moose and Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, there you go. Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina. She's been in the uh, afterlife with Archie. She's the one who, like, made the zombies yeah. possible. So Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten she was in that universe until reading those Archie and those afterlife with Archie books. 
So I got to ask you, Brian, yeah. is it Team Betty or Team Veronica? Oh, man. I like the bad girl, man. Yeah. Yeah. So is Veronica the bad girl? Yeah. She, yeah, she's the spoiled rich girl that is always doing things to upset her daddy. Yeah. She's got daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, li- I like the bad girl. I kind of lean towards the bad girl, but I should be with the Betty Cooper. But, you know, I, that's the problem with me. And I've said this before. <laughs> like, I've met women in the past, and I'm like, she's too nice. Mm-hmm. And I've said that before. And it's not a bad thing, but I, I, I do like a little bit of crazy in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Mix it up a bit. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I probably should get with more of the Betty. You know what I mean? Lean more towards the Bettys than the Veronicas, huh? Right. Yeah. Not too many. I think there's more Veronicas out there than Bettys. There's more Veronicas, you're saying? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The Bettys are harder to come by. Totally. The wholesome. Well, sometimes you think you're getting a Betty, but you're actually getting a Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more Bettys in disguises. You're not going to find a Veronica in disguise. No. No. Yeah. You're not. That's a good call. Yeah. What do you? <laughs> this is a fun conversation. <laughs> Finally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this leading into O'Brien's dating disasters for some reason. It does. It seemed it, like the perfect it setup. Feels like it does, doesn't it? Do we want to go there? Let's do it. Cue the music. It's it's a drop within a drop. Yeah, and then we'll talk about this whole fucking Archie thing. What more is there to say? All right. I don't know. Maybe. I, Maybe we should keep going with the Archie thing. Maybe the Brian's Dating Disaster is going to break it up and it's going to ruin it. It's just – we can end it real quick. It's just 90210 with Archie names plugged in, the All characters. Right. I don't have a lot, but I got a little bit. And that's what it is, right? It's, it's 90210. It's just your classic Aaron Spelling hey, teen drama. Let's talk about – let's talk about if this is your first time listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, how you're still not listening. <laughs> let's talk about that. You never made it this far. <laughs> no. If this is your first time listening – they are not listening anymore. Yeah, I agree. They're they're done with the show. No argument. So we're not going to get any more likes on Facebook this week. We're got, we're not going to get any more followers on Twitter. We might get another three star review. <laughs> we're probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably going to get another three star review. That that will probably get. <laughs> this is the most craptastic episode of pop culture leftovers ever. <laughs> I need to come up with some new verbal crutches to help to help move this thing along. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Oh man. I don't know. You know what? I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do – I don't know if I'm feeling Brian's dating No, disaster. no, no. Save those for – we don't want to hear you half-ass a dating disaster. No, no. I've got uh, – just to keep everybody posted though, I – yeah, okay. Um, I have a – I have a date, not concrete day set up for next week. Mm-hmm. I've got one set up for Saturday. Okay. And that's with Wine Girl. Oh. So me and wine, I call her wine girl. Wine girl. How classy. Yeah. But, cause I, I can't give out names. Yeah. But, and then I have another date set up with, um, a girl. I'm gonna call her Topanga, cause she looks like Topanga. Okay. From, uh, Boy Meets World. World. Yeah. She looks like Topanga. Yeah. Um, but I've got a date set up with her the, the weekend. So I've gotta, I've gotta make sure that we set our date on Friday. So I can still go out on the date on Saturday with Wine Girl. Mm. That's going to be interesting trying to trying to get that worked out. So you'll have to come up with a different excuse as why you can't do shit on Saturday. Yeah, you can't say, "Oh, I have another date." Yeah, I can't say that. Yeah. Should I? I can't say. No, that. No, don't say that. Don't say. Just say you have fam shit. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> that really. It's going to last. It's going to be a great date. Yeah. I'm already setting it up. You already have another date set up. I've already got another date set up. But see, I'm not doing anything wrong. 
Yeah. Is I'm, it? Do you, are you the type of person that it's possible that it, if Friday's date went so good, you'd cancel Saturday's date? Oh wow, good question. That is a great question. Yeah. yeah I, if if Friday's date went that well, I would. In the past, I would I would have. In the past, I would have broken it off. Uh huh. But now, this Brian. Like I've learned that great dates equal a shitty second date or a shitty mm-hmm. third date. Mm-hmm. So you can't always count on that first date. Something always happens. There's always some kind of like um trap. There's you know what I mean? So some, you wouldn't clean you wouldn't clear the hopper. I can't now. Yeah. I can't. I can't now because I've just learned. I've learned from so many bad experiences going out on these dates that yeah, and I've gone out on like quite a few amazing first dates. And then by the second or third date, like, it's like something happens and it's gone. Mm. So, like, if I did that and I said, yeah, um, you know, I can't see you tomorrow night, that, that, I'm done with her. Now, now I've got nothing. You've lost all the momentum exactly. with everyone else. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. Back to square one. Exactly. Building, building up people you're talking to again. Right. Yeah, you gotta keep it going. Yeah. Huh? Makes sense. Right. I just wondered if it was like, if she was like, this was such a great time, I've got tickets to some shit then for the next day. Yeah. At that point, would you be like, yeah, I'm down. Let's, let's hook up again tomorrow. Oh, so like if, uh, me and, uh, Topanga. Yeah. If we, if we hit it off like on Friday night, if mm-hmm. I see her again on Saturday. Let's say she asked. I think seeing, oh, if she asked on Saturday. Yeah. Wow, dude, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one, dude. We should have played the uh, the sound drop for this. We, we <laughs> yeah, for the Brian's, Brian's dating disasters. Yeah, we should have. We should have. I don't know, man, dude. That's a tough one. I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to see how it goes on Friday night. Really? Look, Dante's the same on uh, the chat as he is on the podcast. I he, while we've been doing this, he's sending me like paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking about how you get your comics graded still, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just laughed when another paragraph flashed up. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> it does look like Dante's journal over there, doesn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> he's taking over my iPad, basically. It felt like we were talking to somebody at sea. You know what I, mean? I think he's the new Aquaman. I think, they're, I think Jason Momoa's out. Dante's in. He's the new Aquaman. <laughs> Dante's the new Aquaman. Yeah. He's getting that voice ready. Oh, so man. may need subtitles on that Aquaman voice. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll save uh we'll save Brian's dating disasters maybe for next week. I well, you know what? Should I should I go into it? Just do it. You're like you're like uh, lean in. Might as well lean in. Because I don't want everything to pile up. And we we got no more on this Archie shit. It's nine zero two one zero with Archie name. <laughs> there we go. All right, all right. It's time for Brian's dating disasters. Sometimes our dates have a happy ending, <laughs> and some other times there's just an ending. No. <laughs> all right. Okay. That makes me laugh every time. Uh, so. Remember Chick 3? Yes. Okay, we had that great first date, mm-hmm. and then things kind of fell out. She was kind of like dropping off the face of the planet. Wasn't, mm-hmm. Like, you know, she wasn't texting me as frequently. Mm-hmm. And so finally it was just like I just kind of like dropped out of that whole thing. Well, then like last week on Friday, she sends me a Snapchat picture of herself saying, Happy Friday. <laughs> and I was like, okay, where did this come from? Yeah. That's weird. That, little, is, that is weird. Because we hadn't talked in a week. And then out of nowhere, and so I texted, I, I messaged her back on Snapchat, and I was like, I uh, didn't expect to hear from you again. 
And she's like, uh, really? Why not? And I was just like, well, we just kind of stopped talking. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, she said something like, I, you know, we can still, we can still chat or whatever. And then, so I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. We can still chat. And so then later on that evening, we record. Yeah, no, later on that evening, she sends me another picture. Mm-hmm. And so we chat a little bit more. Happy Saturday. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was still Friday night. Uh-huh. It was like Friday night. And she sent me like, you know, another picture. And I was just like, you know, so, uh, you know, how's your Friday night going? Whatever. And then, you know, that we're just not texting as much as we used to, but we're still texting. So I figured it out. Like, I understand there's like, like the internet dating, the online internet dating, there's like, um, there's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are always talking to different people. Like I've talked to like tons of people mm-hmm. and all, the, well, not like these people aren't talking to tons of people too. So there's a ton of competition. Yeah. So it's like, I think she's doing the same thing that I was doing, keeping me on the back burner just in case this other guy doesn't work out. Oh, you're in the hopper. I'm in the hopper. <laughs> I'm not going to be in the hopper for anybody. Mm. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So like Sunday night rolls around and then she sends me another picture of her out with her friend. And she's like, me and my bestie out, blah, blah, blah. And uh, earlier – no, and that's what's weird. Earlier that day, I told her. I was just trying to blow it up. I, I'm done. I'm done with her. I mean we, we had a great first date and then things got like awkward. Dude, you can't recover from that. Mm-mm. You're not going to recover. So I sent her a text and I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm – you know, how's this online dating thing going for you? And she's like, oh, you know, you know not re- really well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking bullshit. And so then I uh, – then I was just like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going out on a date on Tuesday. So I just told her, I'm wanting to blow it up. Yeah. I'm wanting to blow it up. I don't want any more messages from her. I don't want her games anymore. So how'd she react? I didn't hear anything. Uh. But then on Sunday, she sends me a picture of her out with her bestie. Oh, jeez. So I'm like, okay, this is weird. And so I ask her, like, so did you guys look like you were having a great time? And then she texts me back with, I guess. <laughs> So I'm thinking to myself, like, why did she send me the picture of her and her friend smiling and then come back with, I guess, is she upset that I'm seeing somebody on Tuesday? (laughs) Yeah. Why would she be? She obviously wanted some kind of response from you and you gave her a positive one and Mm -hmm. she kind of got snotty with you about it. So yeah, she's a little bit of a head game. So I, at that point I said, you know, I just don't think we should text anymore. I don't think this is God. I, and so I said, let's, I'm just. You know, let's just end this. This is just getting ridiculous. And I said, I'm getting, frankly, I'm getting, I said, I said, I'm frankly, I'm getting sick of the games. Yeah. And she just texted me back with, wow. And I was like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and so, like, that was the end of that. So that's the end of Chick 3. For real. Hope, for, hopefully. Eh, you probably just got a picture in the last five minutes. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I think I'm done. <laughs> Why can't we just be friends? So then I had the date Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And this girl, um, she, she, I don't know. She seemed really cool to like chat with and text and stuff. Okay. But when I met her, dude, I felt like I was on a date with somebody in the CIA. Ooh. We talked about Kill the Messenger earlier. Uh-huh. Um, I felt like I, she was like asking me all these questions. Like your serial number? Like everything, dude. Like everything. <laughs> your blood type? I felt like I was being like 
like uh, investigated. <laughs> where do you expect to see? Where do you see yourself in ten years? She did. She said, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" Oh Jesus! She it's did. Like, it's a job interview. That's what I told her. I said, <laughs> "I feel like I'm in a job interview." <laughs> and then after that, it went into like uh, it went into like questions, like uh, just like personal questions, <laughs> like why did your last relationship end, and like you know, like blah 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 blah, and like all this stuff, and like really personal stuff. And I looked at her and like. You know, by this time I'm on my second Long Island because I need it. Because I feel I, I I told her I straight out told her I said I feel like I'm not on a date. I feel like I should be laying down in a couch. I feel like I'm talking with a therapist with right a now. monitor hooked up to you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're asking my questions. I felt like she was analyzing my every move. I felt like every, I felt like I was under a microscope. Mm. So I looked at her and I go, I feel like you are like. Like, I, I didn't care at this point. I'm like, I feel like you are asking me everything. I feel like you're watching my every move. I feel like I am being so, like, under the microscope right now with you. And she's like, she's like, no, that's just how I am. That's just how I am. <laughs> oh, jeez. She has to report back to her leader about what she, what she discovered. <laughs> so I looked at her and I go, yeah, I just feel like you're, like, analyzing everything, watching every move. I said, uh, I'm going to go use the bathroom. Um... So uh, I, I called her Sting at that point because every move I make, every step I take, every move I make. Yeah. She actually laughed at that That's when funny. I called her Sting. But um, needless to say, like after that was over, it was like, hi, bye. That was the end of the I thought day. you were going to say you climbed out the bathroom window. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to get out of there. It was absolutely awful. Horrible. Wow. wow. Well, you'll have that. Yeah. So the end of that. <laughs> That was a fun. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we went there. I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, like, why can't I have it like Archie? Betty and Veronica fighting over me. Yeah. I'm sure they're texting Archie every day. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> I hate Snapchat. <laughs> I know, right? It is so, like, I am not a tween boy. <laughs> what the fuck am I on Snapchat? <laughs> It's like it's like they ask you like do you have Snapchat and I'm like no. Do I look like a tween boy? I'm a 36 year old man. I don't have Snapchat. So now I've got to download fucking Snapchat. <laughs> look 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 him up. He's Bry Guy 69, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that is not that is not what I am. All right, uh, moving on. New, you uh, more news? Yeah, more, more, more. <laughs> Actually, less, less with this show. Less, less. Let's just do the Avengers trailer and get out. Yeah. Is, <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll go out the fire exit right after the Avengers trailer talk. Okay. <laughs> Universal, they've started their expanded Monsters Universe with Dracula Untold. Um, Dracula Untold was not intended to be part of that, but they retroacti- retroactively fit that movie in when they added a few things toward the end of the film. So what other movies are they going to fit into this universe? You know, I, I think we can expect like Wolfman, uh, The Invisible Man, Frankenstein. Those are movies we can expect. Uh, and we already know that Alex Kurtzman is working on The Mummy remake. And this will also be part of the Universal Mon- Monsters Expanded Cinematic Universe. But very little is known about that film until now. Now, keep in mind that these are all rumors that I'm going to read that are coming out of superhero movie movie news. Okay. Uh, and here is what superhero movie news had to say about the remake. The story follows Navy SEAL Tyler Colt and his mission in the Iraqi desert 
to find a group of terrorists hiding out in a bunker. To him and his team's surprise, the terrorists within the bunker turn out to be nothing more than some grave robbers who have all magically died. Upon entering the bunker, Tyler and his team also succumb to some mystical forces out of their control. They soon realize the bunker they have infiltrated is actually a centuries-old tomb. Mayhem erupts as all the Navy SEAL members start turning on one another and are captivated by the forces within the tomb. Tyler is the only one to make it all the way deep within the tomb, alive, to find a black iron sarcophagus. It's marked with the Egyptian symbols like the Ankh of the Ankh and Eye of Horus. Here Tyler is entranced by the forces to open up and release what is inside. But after placing his hand onto the sarcophagus, he is immediately stabbed in the palm with a star-shaped symbol. Wah, wah, wah. From then on, his mind is cursed with visions of Ashurbanipal, king of Assyria. The mummy. <laughs> All right. The mummy untold. So it sounds like to me from reading this that they're staying away from like the funny lighter side that the Brendan Fraser movies gave us and they're taking like a darker, more serious tone. Yeah, a little modernized too, it sounds like, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Tyler, the character, the main guy in this, um, it sounds like – I don't know. Is it is – it, does he become an agent – for the king of Assyria after he gets stabbed in the palm by that star symbol or or is he or or, or is he going to be the mummy you know what i mean cuz it sounds like That's once he question. gets stabbed in the palm his mind is cursed with visions so is he the mummy or is he just going to be acting as like an agent through the mummy like i think i think <clears throat> i think you're on to something i think maybe the mummy itself will use him to free himself possibly okay and that that makes sense why the the it's taking place more of an in a modern era. So once he's freed, then maybe Tyler, with the knowledge, because I'm sure like everything that the mummy knows now he he knows it. So he might know the mummy's weaknesses at this point too. Yeah, that makes sense. He could end up being you know helping to take the mummy down once right. he frees the mummy. Right. But all these movies, they're going to culminate into like the the big you know expanded universe where they all meet together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that seems like a huge undertaking. It does. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, it seems like too much. They, I think they should concentrate on just making five to six good movies and see if it naturally comes to that to that point in the story. Yeah, and then they're they're already retroactively fitting the. You know, Dracula and told into this like that was in, that was intended when you know Legendary Pictures and Universal did it just to be a standalone movie, and now that they've you know talked about this expanded universe, they retro they 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 filmed those end scenes in that movie so that it would fit with this universe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So well, we'll see how that goes. How soon till we get this Mummy movie? The Mummy movie comes out June twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I don't know. Are you looking forward to these? I mean, like... Uh, no, not really? at all. Really? Yeah, I have no desire for any of these movies. I don't know what it is. I like the old Universal Monster movies, but these remakes are just... Uh, you you haven't even seen Dracula Untold, though. I know. I, I saw the trailer. Yeah? Like, it just did not look like my cup of tea. Huh. Doesn't like, sound like you like the Universal Monsters. I didn't... This didn't seem like the Universal Monsters to me. It just seemed like that kind of... I don't know. Like well, Underworld meets Dracula type of movie. Like, it just seemed, eh. Huh. 
Well, they just had to do. They just did an origin story for the Dracula. You know, that's all. That's really all they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I personally am interested to see how they work all the characters in a movie together. Yeah, I will watch. That's it. that's what's keeping me invested in this. Like, I can see the standalone movies. Yeah, you know what I mean. But what gets me kind of excited is like, how in the hell are they going to work them together? Like, I, you know what I mean. Like, I've seen Monster Squad and how they did it there, but that was a kids' movie. Yeah, I want to see how they're going to do this for real. It seems like a big clusterfuck, though. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, how does. It doesn't like you read that synopsis for the mummy. How does that fit in with the synopsis for Dracula? How does that fit in with the wolf? All these, well, see, all these stories are taking place in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dra- Dracula and told um, spoilers. Anyway, Dracula and told it's an origin story, and then by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. we're in modern times. Uh-huh. Okay, so what's going to happen in the mummy story is I'm sure it's going to take place in like the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, we're in modern times again. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're going to like show a character from the Dracula Untold thing. Yeah. Maybe watching one of these characters or maybe like, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, the main guy, uh, who played, uh, Dracula. Um, oh, yeah. Luke Evans. Luke, okay. Luke Evans. Maybe they show Luke Evans like meeting up with, uh, you know, the character that played the mummy or this Tyler guy. Oh, yeah. They'll have like an after credit scene yeah, where, where be- the mummy is like at the bar. Yeah. And then Dracula yeah. comes up and says, hey, we're, we have this Avengers initiative exactly. that we're starting up. We've got our Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, no, I'm just, that's like, that's what's keeping me interested in this is like how they're going to have all these characters together in one movie. <laughs> I, I'm with you. If that's what you're excited for, I can, I can co subscribe to that. No, it's, I, okay, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm also scared. How are they going to do it? <laughs> yeah, I like, I get excited for colossal failures or awesome things too. Like it could go either way with this. Right. And that's kind of fun sometimes. Well, they're fully invested in this, so they can't back away from it. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They could have ended it with Dracula Untold. So what do we got? We got Dracula, we got Mummy, we got Wolfman, we got Creature from the Black Lagoon, we got Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Is that is that about it? Yeah, I think that's that's about it, really. All right. So about four to five movies, and then we're going to see the see the everyone combined thing. Yeah, yeah. I, but they, they need to, uh, the, guys. I, see the, what I think they're doing wrong, in my opinion, is they're turning this more into like the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know what I mean with like this expanded universe, and they're not really putting the horror in there. Yeah, there's nothing scary about that. Yeah, like like. Back in the day when you watched a Dracula movie, like, I'm not saying, like, for me it's totally different. But when those movies came out originally, like Frankenstein and Dracula, when people first watched those, people were scared by those movies. Those were the horror movies for that time. Well, it sounds like in this new one, this Dracula Untold, it sounds like Dracula is the protagonist. I mean, even in, right? Even in, like, the newer versions, like, even, like, in the Francis Ford Coppola, Dracula's still the asshole bad guy. Well, it, it sounds like yeah. he's, like, symp- this, like, sympathetic protagonist in the new movie, and that's kind of... That could change, though. That could change, though, because he still had human attachment. Mm-hmm. His human attachment is gone now. That first movie, the Dracula told, I mean, he had to, um, in that movie, he had three days to use the powers of Dracula to save his country and basically he had to he wanted to do it to save his uh his family yeah yeah i follow the plot i just think that 
to go back to what you were saying, how it kind of lacks the horror element. Yeah, it totally does. I think that that's the problem is, is that like in the classic, like in the Nosferatu, yeah. it's just a pure fucking evil. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, well, well, this guy had to become pure evil to save his family. So I kind of feel where he's coming from and I understand why he has to be the way he is. That takes away all the fucking horror. It's, it's not pure evil anymore. It's like this guy, you can sympathize with the choice that he made to undertake this evil because of the position he was put in. So you're saying the origin that they took in this route is wrong. It's, yeah, it's way wrong. I don't, I think it, we don't even need that kind of origin at all. Can they fix it though? If they go, <sighs> hold on, if they go into the next film and like all of his humanity is now lost, can they fix it? I suppose it can be fixed, but even at the fix, it makes the first movie needless. Yeah, they kind of work around it though a little bit, you know, because he only he he had three days and he's trying to fight it and everything like that. And I don't know, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't like Dracula as a sympathetic character. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't like the Twilight movies either. Yeah, and I feel like that untold thing. It's like, oh, well, he did it for his family wasn't a real bind, so I understand why he had to kill all those people. Eh, it's kind of cheesy to me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't about it, it wasn't even about him feeding in that one. Yeah. He, he didn't even feed. It it was about um he had to resist feeding. He wanted to feed, but he had to resist feeding. He, if he could resist feeding for 3 days, he he would lose the power and be able to be mortal again. Yeah. And um that was the whole setup. So <laughs> they ta- they 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 really have though taken the horror out of the universal monsters in my opinion I, I completely agree and that's i think that's the problem is they've like they're trying to make the monsters the heroes like the marvel superheroes like dracula and the mummy or iron man and Cap- captain america i mean not not exactly they can way. redeem themselves though in my opinion if they by the by the time that they all come together they are evil they all are evil and maybe not so much frankenstein but all the other characters are evil, and there's a battle. Yeah. We need to find a good protagonist, too. Like, there needs to be... I think that would help the horror. Yeah. If we had a protagonist that we cared about right. that was actually trying to fight this evil. Yeah. Instead of us always following the evil. If the focus is always going to be the universal monster, then, of course, we're going to start to warm up to these characters, and they're not going to be scary. What, what should they do? Should they introduce, like, Van Helsing? Or, the, or should they introduce... That'd be, a, that'd be a good idea. Or... Uh, what was the character uh, – and I'm having a brain fart right now. The character that uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, 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 now I'm having a brain fart. What the character's name is. Yeah. Yeah, that Sean Connery played in the film. I mean it's based on a series of books. I, I know what you're saying though. Yeah, we need someone to root for though besides the monsters. Right. And if we had, if we had someone that was a threat, you know, that – we were scared that the monsters could get, then the monsters could be scary again, and there could actually be horror elements. Yeah, yeah. But see, they're taking the Avengers route, and they're they're taking the horror out of this and putting more in the action adventure into it. And I think that is a huge misstep. Yeah, and they're not light movies, like you said. They're not like the the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. They're not. They're not. So it's it's like they're like trapped in between that though. They're trapped right. in between the mummy by Brandon Fraser and like Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. Right. And they don't lean to either side. It's not a fun adventure, nor is it a, a frightening horror movie. I you tell you what tell you what. I, I right now I'm gonna freeze it on this uh-huh. because I watched Dracula Untold and Dracula Untold it was made before like the whole expanded universe was made official. Mm-hmm. Okay? They retroactively did it. I'm gonna give them this next mummy movie. 
to prove to me that they know what they're doing. Because now this is the first movie that they're making that's setting it up for this expanded universe. I'm going to give them this movie. I'm going to give them this movie to prove to me that they know what they're doing, that they have a direction. And if they fuck it up here, then I'll toss the whole thing. I can follow that. And I, I tossed the mum or Dracula without even seeing it. And I don't even want to see it, but honestly, I will want to check out a mummy movie. I'm a lot more fascinated by like Egyptian mythology and that kind of stuff than I am with the, the whole vampire stuff is just so eh to me. Yeah. I, when I was in Vegas, uh, you know, you think you go to Las Vegas and you, and you, you know, you drink and you gamble and stuff like that. You know, I'm the guy that was going to the fucking like the mummy exhibits and shit like that. The Egyptian exhibits and stuff. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, you know, I went to the Egyptian exhibit and then I also went to like a Titanic exhibit. I'm pretty lame. Whatever. <laughs> I trust me. I did have a good time in Vegas. I did, uh, I did drink quite a bit and have a good time. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? I'm going to get a little bit of culture when I'm in Sin City too. Yeah. Yeah. I've had I've had a few benders in Vegas myself, so yeah. I hear you. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to the next story. Ridley Scott, he's a busy guy right now. Yeah, right. His next movie, Exodus Kings. Uh, what is it? Exodus Gods and Kings, which is the story of Moses and the Pharaoh Ramses. Uh, that's the, that's a uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. in that new movie as Moses. As Moses. Uh, his next movie, though, after that, have you heard about this? The Martian. Uh-uh. It's called The Martian. It's based on a book by Andy Weir, and it's been scripted by Drew Goddard. Oh, okay. This movie just sounds awesome, and it's added some new names to an already star-studded cast. Now, check out this fucking cast, Jake. This is going to blow you away. Let's hear it. Chuetel Ejiofor, the Winter Soldier himself, Sebastian Stan, mm-hmm. Mackenzie Davis from That Awkward Moment. They join. They just got cast. They are. They join the. Uh, these guys have already been cast in it. They join Matt Damon, <laughs> Kristen Wiig, Kate Mara, Sean Bean, Michael Pena, Donald Glover, and Jeff Daniels in The Martian. Wow, what's the synopsis for this movie? Uh, the Martian is about an astronaut, Mark Watney, played by Matt Damon, who is accidentally left behind on Mars by his crew. As he struggles to survive in space, the NASA crew on Earth is desperately trying to find him. When speaking to Entertainment Weekly, Scott described the Martian as a quintessential Robinson Crusoe. It's also been described as a cross between Apollo 13 and Castaway. Hmm. Simon Kidberg addresses the amazing cast that's been assembled for this movie, and he said, Every actor is doing it for significantly less than their normal fee. It's a real labor of love. Yeah, well, Ridley Scott, he he really churns him out. I mean, he this guy does not stop. I mean, because he's got the Blade Runner and the Prometheus right around the corner, too. See, the, yeah, he's doing Blade Runner before Prometheus. Yeah. So it's going to be a while before we get Prometheus 2. Probably 2020 at you this know, point. Yeah, I'm telling you, there there are some guys in Hollywood that just have so many movies in the hopper. Ridley Scott's one of them. James Cameron's another guy. Yeah. James Cameron, after Avatar's done, he's got like two or three movie projects slated after that. Yeah. James Cam- or Ridley Scott, though, like he literally puts out a movie, it feels like, every year. Like James Ca- James Cameron, I mean, he always has something doing, but it's like you have to wait every three years to see it, if not longer, to see a new James Cameron movie. It's like every fucking year you see a new Ridley Scott movie, if not two. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. And, See, and they're filmed so well. Yeah, well, James Cameron, he's not always putting out movies, too. There's also the documentaries and things like that. He's mm-hmm. got other pa- you know, projects that he's passionate about, like that whole Titanic thing. And yeah. Discovering the ocean and stuff like that. I mean, he falls in love with different things. 
And so, you know, he'll chase after that for a while. <laughs> but that's what I love about James Cameron, though. He, 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 he's, he's a little bit older now, and I know you didn't like Avatar, but he's a little bit older now. But, I mean, the guy still has vision. Yeah. The guy still is trying to do stuff that not everybody's doing. You know, I thought after Avatar came out that, like, George Lucas would have seen that movie and been like, oh, my God, this is how we need to make Star Wars. Mm -hmm. This is how we need to make Star Wars. Real political. (laughs) But you know what? I'm glad that they're taking the direction that they're going with Star Wars. I'm glad that they're going back to – I'm glad they're going to London and filming. I'm glad that they're going doing still doing things in Pinewood Studios. I'm I'm glad they're doing the practical effects again like that. I'm glad that they're doing it. You know, I, as much as I hate Avatar, I mean, I, I fucking despise it. I am not a James Cameron hater. I love most of the library of James Cameron movies. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Terminator, obviously. Huge fan of The Abyss. Love True Lies. I love Titanic. Um, I, I love James Cameron. It just Avatar was just a huge miss for me. Yeah, well, I, okay. Absolutely. I mean, the story of Avatar, it's like they've taken all these movies. There's nothing original about that. The only thing that was amazing was the technology that they used. The 3D fusion Mm. camera was amazing. Just watching, just being immersed in the world of Avatar when you put on those 3D glasses was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I can't argue that. Visually, it was stunning. So, yeah. With a great screenplay and more practical effects and less CGI – this could have been the next Star Wars. Yeah. In def- my opinion. Definitely. But def- it was not. Yeah, the screenplay was very lacking, in my opinion. Right. So. Yeah, but this Martian movie. It sounds good. Sounds pretty damn good. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like uh, that Ridley Scott is. Uh, this movie could be a lot like uh, maybe even Gravity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. A little bit as the way that they that they film it possibly. Yeah, it, it was weird to me when you compared it to Castaway, and and now you're comparing it to Gravity. You think of those movies as like a one performance movie, you know, with maybe one other good performance too. There's such a big cast in this movie, though. That's weird that we're comparing it to things like Gravity and Castaway. Well, I'm comparing it to Gravity. Well, because they compared it to Castaway. Though. They compared it to Apollo 13 and Castaway. Yeah. So those are so such like claustrophobic com- movies. The, well, the reason I'm comparing it to uh, Castaway, uh, the to uh, Gravity, is because it sounds like a big part of this is going to be like Matt Damon trying to find his way home. It's going to mm. be a, like a character driven story. I think we're going to get a lot of scenes of Matt Damon by himself. I mean, he's left behind by this crew, and he's got to try to find his way back to them. They're trying to find him, so I'm sure we're going to get scenes from him and scenes from them, but. You know, on the flip side, we're, we're going to get a lot of Matt Damon by himself. Yeah. That's, that's, that's your gravity side. So, but then on the flip side, you got your Apollo 13 where you're going to see like this group that's trying to find him mm-hmm. and work together to f- try and find him. And the cast is just amazing. Kristen Wiig, Kate Mara, Sean Bean. They added, uh, Chuetel Ejiofor, uh, Sebastian Stan. It's amazing. Yeah. Great cast. I'm excited to see Kristen Wiig in a movie that's not like a comedy, like in a, in a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, Ridley Scott can do no wrong to me. Like, even in the movies that suck, like, you're still going to get beautiful cinematography and just a beautiful vision. Yeah. Even his worst movies are watchable. Yeah. Um, The writer of the novel, Andy Weir, he first published his book for free on his own site after being declined by several publishers. Later, the book was sold on Amazon for the minimum price of 99 cents. Yeah, that's wild. A lot of that kind of stuff happens in these days. 
now it's becoming a big movie. I'm sure there's a good payback for him. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, just it's even like Fifty Shades of Grey was fucking fan fiction to begin with, and look at how much money that person's oh, really yeah. in now. Uh, the Martian is going to hit theaters November 25th, 2015. Uh, that is three weeks before Star Wars Episode Seven. Ooh, not the best timing for that that kind of movie. It's coming out before. Yeah, three weeks before. Three weeks to make money. You have three weeks to make money. Go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it actually might even hold the top spot for three weeks if it's a good movie. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and that in that time of year, it probably will hold the top spot. Yeah, you don't really get like blockbuster popcorn movies it's more oscar contenders that time of year yeah it could have came out the same weekend and then it could have been known as that ridley scott movie that nobody remembered (laughs) so i think they're doing the right thing at least coming out three weeks before yeah definitely you know this is off topic but you know what i always think of as like the worst uh booking mistake as far as movie release dates is when uh, Arnold put Last Action Hero out the same day Jurassic Park came out. Oh, God. Awful. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that movie was like the downfall of Arnold a little bit. Well, then also he got a lot of crap because it was like the first summer blockbuster that he'd come out with in a long time that was not rated R. It was, They went to PG-13. <sighs> I mean, he had done Total Recall, rated, yeah. rated R. Violent as all get out. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator 2, rated R. Mm-hmm. I mean, a ton of, uh, what was it, uh, Predator, rated R. Mm-hmm. Running Man, rated R. Exactly. And yeah. so, like, he comes out with a PG-13 movie, too. That didn't help him. Yeah. I can see that. It's hard for Arnold to compete with dinosaurs, though. Yeah, Arnold got slashed. Those velociraptors fucked his world. You know what movie I was watching today? Tell me. And I haven't even finished it yet. I'm, like, 20 minutes away from the ending. I was watching The Escape Plan. Okay. It's the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone movie where they're like in prison in or whatever. Prison yeah. And they're trying to get out. Looked good. It's awful. <laughs> um, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad. But I was thinking to myself, like, why don't they have another Predator movie and bring Dutch back? Yeah, why wouldn't they? He didn't, he didn't die. And on the flip side, let's introduce Rambo into that. Oh, you were, I think you might may have brought this up on another podcast. That yeah, Rambo versus Predators, but like, yeah, let's throw Dutch in there too. Yeah, why not? I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea, and don't fucking rate it PG thirteen. Exactly, make it R. Come on, why do you make Expendables three PG thirteen? Sy- Sylvester Stallone knows what's going on with that kind of thing. though. he didn't hold any punches when it came to that newest Rambo movie. What was John Wick rated? Um, John Wick was rated R. It had to be with all the murder was, yeah, and the blood splat. Yeah, it was definitely R. I don't think there was much swearing. I think it was just all the the gun Violence. the gun foo. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Next story. Unless you, did you have anything more? No, 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 no. All right, director James Cameron. Yeah, uh, that guy. Yeah, we're gonna talk about him. He, in my opinion, created you know some of the best movies, the two of the best films uh, ever, Terminator and Terminator Two. I was going to say Titanic and Aliens. You like Titanic? I love Titanic. Really? I do. It's one of my all-time favorites. High five. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. Titanic Titanic is the way that you do one of these historical movies, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's one of the very few movies where I do feel that the love between the characters is actually – I buy it. Yeah, it's so much fun. I, I, I love it. It, it's it's the it's the it's the anti Pearl Harbor movie. Yeah, it's so tense too. What James Cameron does so well, and he does it in Terminator and Aliens and The Abyss and in Titanic, is he just ramps up the tension so much. I don't care how many times I see Titanic, 
when they're like trying to escape from the lower decks and the water is building up and everything. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, and very few movies make me feel uncomfortable, especially after multiple viewings. But I, I mean, Cameron ramps up that tension so well. I saw that movie in theaters three times. Nice. And I saw it with two different women. There you go. Two different relationships I was in. That's how long it was in theaters, number one. Oh, yeah. It was in theaters for like fucking ten months. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, and then they brought it back in 3D. Oh, yeah, just recently. Yeah. Like a year ago. Yeah. I really wish I would have saw that. Me too. Uh, great cast. Um, Who is it that plays the real scumbag guy that's with Rose? Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane is great. Oh, it. he's fantastic. I love I love uh, Jack's buddy, Fabrizio. Cracks me up every Hell time yeah. I rewatch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I love Titanic. I, Titanic is great. I don't care what anybody says. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It's one of my favorites. I, I, I know people always assume I hate it because of how much I trash on uh, Avatar and just James Cameron in general since Avatar. But really everything before Avatar I've loved. Yeah. Yeah, but you gotta give it up for James Cameron for for the technology. Yeah, like Avatar looks beautiful. It's it, ambitious. It's the most gorgeous turd I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the shiniest, most three D rendered turd I've ever seen in my life. It's gorgeous. It's a pig in a prom dress. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, director James Cameron is not returning uh, for uh, Terminator Genesis. Which I believe is a reboot. I don't fucking know. I I saw a, um, a, a link today that was talking about um, yeah. what the hell's going on there. Is it, Schwartz, ter- is it Terminator Five or is it or is it or is it uh, fucking uh, a reboot? Yeah, because Schwarzenegger's in it. He plays a big part in it. Yeah. So what the fuck's going on here? I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think the reboot happens within the movie. Really? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm smelling. All right, so. <sighs> He okay. Cameron though is considered an advisor on the film. Yeah, I mean it's his baby. He will not be in the credits though. He so he's not like an executive producer. Yeah, but he's considered an advisor. The, this new film it's going to be directed by Game of Thrones and uh, Thor: The Dark World director Alan Taylor. Huh. Uh, what the, what did they need help on Terminator Genesis with? How do they incorporate? The question is, yeah, what do they need, what do they need James Cameron to help them with? The time travel. Time travel, I'm sure, but this is the thing that they wanted. They want, like, how do they incorporate Arnold Schwarzenegger into the film now that he's 67 years old? Yeah, how do you explain that? He's a little older now than he used to be, and he's supposed to be, you know, a robot. Um, sad thing is, Jake, I know the answer to this. Okay. I've talked about this on a previous episode. I don't know which episode, but I know the answer to this because I'm a huge Terminator fan. And the thing is, it's like, yeah, okay, so he's gonna, he's either gonna play, he's probably gonna play a scientist or something like that. He can't play the Terminator robot because he's 67 years old now. He's not gonna look like that. It's a different model. No. They've explained this in the movies, dude. Okay. They've explained, I think it was Terminator 2 where they explained this. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – Cameron says it so much better than I would. Okay. And I've explained it on a previous episode. But in the Terminator mythos, in the lore of it, there's an answer for it. Cameron says, I wasn't interested in producing it or working on it actively, but I did want to put in a good word, word for Arnold. I pointed out that the outer covering of the Terminator was actually not synthetic, that it was organic and therefore could age. Oh. 
you could theoretically have a Terminator that was sent back in time, missed his target, and ended up just kind of living on in society. Because he is a learning computer and has a brain as a central processor, he could actually become more human as he went along without getting discovered. So, yeah, that's it, and that's true. I mean, if you watch the Terminator movies, that is explained when I think it might be when he's talking to Dyson. Now, don't quote me, but mm-hmm. when he's talking to Dyson, the scientist in Terminator Two, he's talking about like what he is, and he rips off the arm, and he's doing a lot of explaining mm-hmm. to him, and that yeah, he ages. That's kind of disturbing, thinking of that as real skin yeah. um, stretched over an endoskeleton. Right. Disturbing. Yeah, because in the first Terminator movie, they talked about uh, – they show you like the future. and No, Kyle Reese is talking to um, Sarah Connor, and he's talking about the first Terminators. And the first Terminators were easy to spot mm-hmm. because they did not look human. They kind of look like mannequins or something. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about how you know once uh, Skynet became more intelligent – like Cyberdyne was able to make, you know, these robots look human, so it was harder to like track them down. Yeah, and of course Arnold doesn't stand out in a crowd. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean I don't know. I, I think it's a I it's all set up. It's all set up. Yeah, they can bring Arnold back. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't ever gonna balk at that, I don't think. Yeah. I mean I I wasn't gonna give it more than thirty seconds of thinking about how well how did Arnold's skin age? Is everything okay? I think that is that Dave. Stop movement. You've been back there for like five minutes now. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. <laughs> Come on. I kept seeing all this lurking back there. I was like, what is going on? I thought my roommate was spying That's on me. I do. I lurk. <laughs> speaking I of, do. Speaking of Nosferatu. All right. We got, yeah, Dave, Domesticated Dave just joined the podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, all right. Can you hear? Are you good? This would be a perfect spot for a break. I'll, I'll use the restroom if you don't mind. All right, pause. All right, yeah, so we're graced with the presence of Domesticated Dave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't be trying to sell me no Slim Jim. <laughs> Snap into it. <laughs> and yeah, that brought Miss Elizabeth down to the PCL. <laughs> oh, too soon. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Nothing's too soon for pop culture leftovers. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Oh, yeah, they're doing great. And you know what? Now you're going to leave us. Hey, I'm a good daddy, okay? I, I'm i opening a restaurant, all right? And I haven't seen my son all day long. He's one year old. I don't want to traumatize him and shit. Um, I don't know. Hey, Jake, do you have the world's tiniest violin over there that you can play right now? <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I practiced. I was in the youth group. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave comes. No, I, I totally understand. My hats are off. My hat is off to you. He was so. scaring the shit out of me before we figured out he was here. I, I literally st- turned my head like over twenty times at this like thing that I saw moving out of the corner of my eye back there. Right. It was Annabelle. I was like, because I mean, right. people come down because we're in the, we're in my basement and the laundry machine's down here in the other room. So people are coming down every now and again to do that kind of thing. And I was like, what are they doing? Like they they had plenty of time to change their load. Are they just lurking on us? Right, you know? right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay, for future reference, if we're recording, just come on down and sit down at the table and just okay. start recording with us. Yeah, I'll just snap into it. <laughs> you can snap into a slip, Jim. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 
just get on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, damn right. Fuck you, Hulkamaniacs. We got the Macho Man. Yeah, we were. We, we, had, we had a flow going. We were coming back from worst episode ever. And, oh, my God. And then I'm, like, all distracted. Like, I'm out of the whole thing because I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? This is like the Twilight Zone episode. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Another thing, Dave, don't feel like you're stuck here right now. You can just get up. You can, no, seriously, you can just pull the mic. Never. Take off the headphones and get the fuck out of here. I miss you guys. Mike. I miss you too. We had a great, I, I had a fun, I had a lot of fun recording with you guys uh, oh, last week. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun week last week. Yeah, it was. A lot better than this week. I think Dave and Frank are like the same person maybe, right? How they can't be here at the same time. It's like. I, no, I think Dave thinks like Frank doesn't exist. Yeah, um, I don't think he's real. He's like old school snuffleupagus. Like, uh, well, it's like a voice I'm doing or something or the voice you're doing Mick. like one of you is like afraid to admit how much you love video games to the other one so you've just invented a whole another personality to express it <laughs> right yeah, that's my video game playing personality <laughs> yeah. it's like fight club shit yeah and it's blo- like blocked out of all your comic book knowledge <laughs> frank is your tyler durden yeah, exactly so yeah i wake up and there's a controller in my lap and i'm like oh what the fuck and then you're like, oh, no, that's my penis. <laughs> His name was Jacob Elliott. His name was Jacob Elliott. Yeah. yeah. We are each our own unique controller. His name is Robert Paulson. Don't forget it. <laughs> Don't talk about that. Oh, shit. I just, I, I on a podcast, no less. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I wish we edited this show. Or we edited uh, the shit out of that. What I did know. we do? I know. Fight Club rule number one. Damn it. Um, Project Mayhem on your ass. Okay, rapid fire before you have to leave. Dave, I want your rating on John Wick. Tupperware party. All right. I'm looking at you, Jacob. I, I Tupperware it. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> we haven't talked about it yet, but I want your rating on Constantine. Yeah. Um, did you read Hellblazer? Because if you did, don't watch Constantine. <laughs> Toss it. It had good special effects. If you count him holding up his hand five different times in the episode, just chanting in Latin, like I, the way I, he casts magic in in the books is often very subtle. There was yeah. nothing subtle about the gutter maid. Writing aside, though, good good special effects, right? That road crumbling and everything for TV, good okay. good special effects. Okay, okay. I, like I, I love the actor who plays the angel. Uh-huh. Love that actor. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Michael from Lost. Yeah. Herod Perinu. Absolutely. Yeah. I, will, I love that actor. So it's still a toss-it. Okay. Yep. All right. Didn't like it. Won't be watching it anymore. No more. No more. Wow, you're done. I, I own every issue of Hellblazer. Like, I will... So this is like blasphemy to you. Oh, man. If they don't get Preacher right, I might stop watching television. Do you trust Seth Rogen to get Preacher right? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just pooped myself when you said that. Do you like the Constantine movie, the Keanu Reeves movie? Of course I do. Okay. That's why I can never can live up just, to it. Can't it, you just separate it, though? Let it be I, its own a, thing. Apparently not. Yeah, apparently I, not. Apparently, uh, if it's not Keanu, it's crap. Are I, you reading the new 52 Constantine? I am. You, are you liking that? It's very 52'd. Right. But like out of loyalty, I have to – like if, if I if I get this upset about a Constantine TV show and am not reading Constantine, yeah, I'm a little hypocritical. It's like one of your legacy titles it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's – it's, I will give it the disclaimer. It's totally like expectations too high. You know, my I, I wanted more than I got and – 
Yeah, it's, does it's N- my, my own self-fulfilling closet. Does NBC have an excuse for Constantine when they are putting out good shows? Like, n- not all the shows are putting out are good, but when they are putting out like Hannibal and so, when they and when they are putting out the Blacklist, do they have an excuse for what they did with Constantine? No, that's 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 why I had faith in them. They're like, oh, Grim, it's Monster of the Week, but I'm like, yeah, but it's it's its own thing and it's darker, like. Do you really think we're going to see any of his bisexuality expressed on NBC? I probably don't think so. Like, see, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely not. I mean, we're not even going to get him smoking. And yeah. uh, okay, Agreed. I think like if this show would have followed a show like Hannibal or followed a show like The Blacklist, maybe we would get a different show. I think maybe part of the problem is that it is in that grim block. Yeah. I, I, okay. I'll, if you guys tell me to start watching it again, I'll give it another try. But until that happens – Nope. Are we rating the show now too? Yeah, fuck it. Let's rate this motherfucker. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. What are you gonna go with? I'm I'm tossing it too. I was playing devil's advocate with Dave. Yeah, the effects were about the only good thing in it. Yeah. I didn't even make it to the end. I didn't watch the last 15 minutes. I yeah. have to come clean. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did not care for it. It was pretty terrible for me. It just seemed like monster of the week bullshit. Yeah, and that seems like they, like where it's going to go too. Yeah. So I'm going to toss it as well. I mean, I thought it was garbage. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you think DC as a company wants to make John Constantine a more family-friendly character? Do you think that's what Warner Brothers has in mind? Do you think they want to be able to sell John Constantine toys and merchandise and not have it be associated the way it used to be associated? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I can't help but think that with the direction that he's going in both television and kind of the lightning in the comic books that's going on too, right? It's such an unrealistic expectation though. It's like – I hear you. I'm just uh, – I'm I'm asking. Yeah. I mean that – you know how like sometimes you don't know the rest of the story and something doesn't make sense until you know the rest of the story and uh-huh. I, that that's a rest of the story that makes this all make sense yeah yeah it's just interesting so yeah i don't i don't know what to make of it this show was terrible though yeah i'm i'm going to continue to watch it i'm going to give it like at least 3 or 4 5 episodes yeah. before i drop off but uh yeah, it was definitely a toss-it. The acting was horrible. The chick that played Liv was absolute garbage. Very pretty girl. Very pretty girl. But um, as far as, like, uh, the acting in that, it was absolute. And they, she's gone from the show. That's, really? That, yeah, because that after the reception from, like, the pilot, people did not like her character, so <laughs> she's gone. So they're going with a completely different uh, female character going forward in the series. <laughs> if it's a tan, I'll sign back up. Now, I read um, in the credits I saw that Jeremy Davies was in this, and he played uh, Faraday on Lost. I didn't see him, but like I said, I didn't watch the last 15 minutes. Was he revealed later? Hmm. I don't remember. Huh. That's so sad that I don't even remember that. I was so tuned out by the end. I was like, (laughs) fuck, make it stop. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to see Faraday, but it still wasn't enough. I was just like, uh. If, if, If Papa Midnight is rocking, that's the only thing that could save that show. The good Papa Midnight. Now, so are you blaming NBC? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, sorry, guys, you, you put out Hannibal and you can't do the Vertigo universe even like justice. Is it really NBC's fault, though? Because be, to me, it feels like Hannibal is the proof that it's not NBC's fault. That maybe NBC said we want a Constantine show 
and the people they got to make the Constantine show. I mean, did NBC ask for Constantine Light? Was that what they asked for, or is that what they were given? I think it's NBC's fault because it follows Grimm. It should follow something like The Blacklist or something like Hannibal, I mean, to keep with that dark tone. I I think since it does follow Grimm, that it is NBC's fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at certain networks that have like a show like like Arrested Development when it was on – the shows that would, you know, come before Arrested Development were not shows that really mixed in with that uh, with that show well, you know. But now Fox has like learned that, oh, okay, we've got a show called New Girl. We're gonna add, uh, you know, the Mindy Project was, which is more like that type of humor. So you get like a nice hour block of like solid comedy. I think it's NBC's fault for saying, okay, this is going to follow Grimm when it could follow The Blacklist or it could follow Hannibal. But in tone, it, it is much more like Grimm, like as it stands now, than both The Blacklist and Hannibal. That's the problem. If it would have followed The Blacklist, had it followed, uh, you know, the uh, or or, or uh, Hannibal or, or The Blacklist, it could have been a darker John Constantine story. I got you. See, it, it would still would like if you take this show as it was and air it after any of the shows. That's not helping it any at all. If anything, I think that's making that problem exactly, worse. Exactly. Exactly. They, they they should have totally just uh, restructured the show. They should have made it darker, and it should follow like Hannibal or. And I, know I keep repeating myself, but that's that's where I think they went wrong. Is like they need to restructure this show, and, and I don't think they're going to. I think that we are going to keep seeing like the freak of the week, and it's it's not going to be a character driven story. It's just going to be a pile of garbage from week to week. I, I don't really care about the char- character of John Constantine in this universe, and that's sad. Yep. I, I'm fascinated by it though, kind of the behind the scenes, like what the fuck happened here. Like, I, I really do kind of want to know, like what. What were the writers tasked to do and who tasked these writers to do these things? Like, it's just such a fucking, like, diluting of, of the character, it seems people like. People sitting in offices, people sitting behind desks, and they're saying, oh, you know what? This deals with uh, the occult. This is a dark subject. Let's lighten it up. Let's have it follow Grimm, and let's try to appeal to more of a uh, of a general crowd that doesn't know the Hellblazer series – Instead of saying, let's make this a really deep character-driven story, let's make it dark, and let's have this follow a show like Hannibal. But I, I still think that a lot of this could be Time Warner's fault, almost more than NBC's fault. I mean, they're, they've got their fucking hands in this big time, too. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they created this pile of garbage. I feel like NBC, at the end of the day, had to choose to put it behind Grimm. Because that's what- <laughs> the thing is... Though NBC is the one putting it out there. Yes. NBC could have said, you know what, this is, guys, uh, <laughs> John Constantine is not known for the new 52 series. He's known for the Hellblazer series. That's what we want. Well, even the Dracula show they did. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, he wasn't the hero. Like, right. He's the hero of this show. Right. He's not supposed to be the hero. He's a douche. Right. Like, that's, Part of the charm of the character. He's incredibly charming, incredibly selfish, and like tortured. Like he was just so tortured. And I'm like, yeah, he's got some guilt, but like, you know, he's done some really shitty things to people because he had to. And yeah, uh, whatever. Guys, I gotta go. All right, man. I gotta go see myself. All right. Later, Dave. Dave. 
Thank Ca- you for joining Canary's us. for Dr. Strange, everybody. Don't forget it. Yeah, yeah. We got a Facebook page up. Give it a like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't liked that page yet. I know yet. you haven't. Ugh, how damn it. Yeah, I haven't. I know. I wasn't even going to ask you about that. Yeah. All right. No, thank you, Dave. Too many, too many words Love for Keanu Reeves to be Doctor Strange. Too many words, Dave. Too much, too much for Doctor Strange to say. Keanu Reeves ain't saying that much dialogue. That's why. That's why this movie was so good. Okay. Um, oh, we're not recording. No, we're recording. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. John Wick was so great. I mean, Keanu was great in it. His like. Emotions and facial performances were great. Yeah. And I think it really played well that he didn't have probably more than 120 words to say in this entire movie. I want him to be Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's, don't you think him saying hoary host of Hoggeth and all that stuff is going to be is going to be wild? I think it'll be awesome. All right. All right. I'm, I'm willing to take uh, I'm willing to take a chance on. It. I'm not tossing it. But I, I, I'm not like sold on it yet. I'm, I don't want to will it to happen. I want this to happen. I do. I want this to happen. I want to see Keanu Reeves in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I want to see him knock it out of the ballpark. Yeah, I respect your passion on this, though. Good job getting that out there. Yeah, yeah. I started a Facebook page, Keanu Reeves for Doctor Strange. If you want to see Keanu Reeves as Doctor Strange, like the page. Just do a search for Keanu Reeves for Doctor Strange. Like the page, please. Do it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I like that you'd notice I hadn't liked it yet. Oh, I know you hadn't liked it, and I don't plan. I don't want you. To, I'll ban you if you like it. No, I don't. If I if I thought it, I'd like it. Yeah, I'll still ban you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm bad. All right, no, uh, we have we've jumped into DC news, so let's talk about some DC news. Dun, dun, dun. The Hollywood Reporter is claiming that quote Warner's also is opting for strong directors, tapping David Ayer course uh the fury director for suicide squad and now seeking a female helmer for gal gadot's wonder woman so it looks like they're looking for a female director this is a rumor from hollywood reporter looks like they're looking for a female director for the wonder woman film who's out there all right let's talk about who's out there uh i got this information from slash film uh we've got michelle mclaren and uh let's see here she directed 11 episodes of Breaking Bad, several episodes of Game of Thrones, a few on The Walking Dead. Pretty good resume. So that's Michelle McLaren. She's a female director. We've also have uh, Angelina Jolie. Nah, yeah. She did Salt. I don't know if she directed that. She may have produced it. Mm. But I'm not you know what? I'm not totally against this. Have you seen the um have you seen the trailers for Unbroken, the World War II movie? I have not. That movie looks fucking epic. And she directed that? She directed it. And I'll be honest with you, you watch that trailer and then you watch a trailer for a Clint Eastwood film, mm-hmm. they look virtually identical. What, like the old school Clint Eastwood films? I'm talking about the Clint Eastwood directed films. Oh, Stuff gotcha. like Gran Torino. Oh, Mystic River. That kind of thing. Yeah. Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby has the same tone, in my opinion. Mm. Angelina Jolie, you can say whatever you want to about her as a person. Yeah, I don't think she's a great person all the time. Um, but I feel like watching this trailer, just watching the trailer, it has the same feel of like a uh, like a Quinny, Clint Eastwood film. And it looks unbroken. Looks really, really, really good. It's about it's about like a, a, an Olympic uh, runner 
Yeah. Who, uh, you know, joins world, uh, joins the, the war, goes into World War II, and then he's a prisoner, it looks like, in a Japanese uh, POW camp. And they try to break his will. I'm going to pull up the trailer right now, so later on I have it pulled up and I can check this shit out. It looks really... Do you want to watch it right now? No, I can... I don't need to. Okay. I'm just... I can save it, open a new page, and it'll be right there so I can... I'll say, hey, why is this open? Oh, so, I'm broken. I'm not totally against Angelina Jolie in this. Um, I'm also, especially, I mean, I think maybe they're going to wait to announce a director after this uh, Unbroken movie comes out and they see how it performs. Mm-hmm. That might be a good thing to do is kind of wait until that happens. Uh, Lexi Alexander, um, let's see here. She's uh, one of the few female directors that has a superhero movie under her belt, uh, Punisher Warzone. She did that. Um, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've also got Catherine Bigelow, uh, Oscar-winning director of The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, wow. That'd be a get. So, yeah. Uh, Mimi Leader. Uh, she directed uh, <laughs> Deep Impact, The Peacemaker. Um see. Do we have anybody else? No, that's it. So that's our list. Zack Snyder in a wig. Zack Snyder in a wig. <laughs> that's, that's their female director. Do you think it's necessary that they that they that they get a female director for this? I like the idea. Wonder Woman go for the girl power. I mean, if they do, they probably. I, I'm pretty sure they'd use it in the promotion. Even you know, I don't think it matters much though. Get a good director. That's what I want. Yeah. So I'm still. There's I'm, some good directors in that list though that you that you read off though. I'm still for Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> That would be awesome. I'm just, I'm telling you, man. I'm a, a Quentin Tarantino Wonder Woman would just be a. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. That I, I like it. God, that's what I want so bad. It'll never happen. I mean, the guy's so busy with like the Hateful Eights, and I'm sure he's got other projects in the pipe. But man, you know what he did with Kill Bill was absolutely phenomenal. Kill Bill's one of my all-time favorites. I love it, and I love it. If if you gave if you gave Quentin Tarantino the reins of Wonder Woman, I mean that I am there. Take my money now. Yeah, the battle sequences would be awesome. They would be amazing. <laughs> and he'd have a lot of fun with it. I think one thing Quentin Tarantino excels at is having a goofy concept and being able to kind of tone it down and still have the serious emotional thread of things. Yeah. But to be, make light of the source material of the Amazonian aspect and all the, all the goddess stuff and all that kind of stuff. I think Tarantino would fit really well into that world. I, what I don't think would work is him working with Warners though. Yeah. I, I think that they would have their vision. They would bump heads and we'd be looking at another situation of uh, Marvel studios versus Edgar Wright. Yeah. I could see that easily, but that'd be fun too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The documentary about the Wonder Woman movie that almost came out by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Would be fun too. Oh man. I, I seriously, I would give my left nut to see a Quentin Tarantino Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, I'd love to see Quentin Tarantino do anything for either DC or Marvel. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I never really thought about that, honestly, like, a as Quint- a serious thing. Quentin Tarantino Luke Cage movie. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking amazing. And such in his wheelhouse. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. You could have a fucking Pam Greer cameo. Oh, God. 
<laughs> that would be great. The soundtrack to that movie would be killer. Oh my god, it would be <laughs> seriously, and it it would do gangbusters in the theater. Yeah. And oh, that'd be great. You can, oh, would you have it take place in the seventies? Oh hell yes! That's the only way it <laughs> can 70s, take place. A seventies period piece, Luke Cage, Quentin Tarantino movie. It's, it'd be amazing. Oh, I, I want to high five you for yeah, that. Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, that's a great idea. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm gonna buy the soundtrack like right now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the soundtrack on Spotify. Right. I wish I could. If I could, if I could make soundtracks if i could put 12 songs together that well then i'd, I'd have a better job <laughs> I w- yeah so yeah i mean i don't know i wonder woman movie uh gal gadot um not a huge fan of the casting um yeah i, I can be won over yeah i mean once the movie comes out you know once we see her i have action. i have little to no experience with gal gadot i have none i mean so you know. yeah I, I I toss it just on a basis of I have no idea, but I could easily be won over. All right, so we've talked about you know what we don't know about the Wonder Woman movie, but what do we know? When Wonder Woman was announced to be in the Batman v Superman movie months ago, we talked about you know what origin are they going to go with? Uh, I think it's episode thirty one. If you want to go back and listen to that, um, we talked about like what origin are they going to go with? Are they going to go with the pre fifty two stuff? Or are they going to go with the new fifty two? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Right. So it looks like which Wonder Woman origin story is being used for Princess Diana in Batman v Superman is you know okay. Let me talk. Let's talk about the original origin. The original, the Amazons were created by the gods using the souls of all the women murdered by men. There was when it. All was said and done, one soul remaining, the soul of the unborn daughter of the first woman to ever be murdered by a man. That woman was Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons, and she molded a figure of clay and gave it to the soul of that unborn girl. The clay was animated and became Diana, who was gifted who uh, who was gifted abilities from the gods. In the New 52, she is the daughter of Hippolyta and the Greek god Zeus. So Batman v Superman producer Charles Robin spoke with Badass Digest and said she's a demigod. Her father was Zeus. So they are going with the new 52 version of Wonder Woman. Makes sense. That seems to be the move as much as possible is to go with the new 52 versions as as much as everything it seems like. Not only that, but it's it's a lot easier to explain an origin story where she's the son or she's the excuse me, the daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta than trying to explain all this backstory where, you know, uh, she was the unborn daughter of the first woman to ever be murdered by a man and then molded out of clay. Molded out of clay. <laughs> that, that's a difficult origin story to come across in a movie. It's a lot easier just to make her a demigod. It's a lot. And to be fair, I, they could really go any route they wanted to. They could, they could even go option C and, and decide to do something else. I mean, just sounds like they're going with the Greek, though. Yeah. They're going with Zeus. Yeah, I'm fine with it. No, I'm fine with it too. Yeah. So, but we have, we have concrete confirmation though from Charles Rovin. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that that Wonder Woman movie is going to be interesting. That's going to be one of the hardest ones to pull off. It's going to have so much going behind it with it being like the first like female upfront superhero movie, and it's going to have a lot on its shoulders. You know, it's going to have a lot to live up to. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to watch it, of course. I, I watch all these movies, but... Yeah, I'll watch it, too. 
but will it be good or not is, I, is another thing coming I, I think out of those out of the list of um directors there's three of them that i'm kind of leaning towards yeah the one that worked on breaking bad game of thrones and walking dead is on my list michelle mclaren absolutely definitely on my list i think she's hungry i think it's about time for her to get a movie yeah the one um, that did hurt locker and zero dark 30 is absolutely katherine bigelow yeah, and who else is who else is on your list? Those were the two that really stood out to me. Angelina Jolie. It oh, depends. Ange- it depends on how Unbroken does in the theaters. Watch the trailer. I'm going to check this Unbroken trailer. <laughs> yeah, out. before you give me tons of shit, watch the trailer for this. Yeah, not knowing it's an Angelina Jolie movie. No, I res- I respect your opinion on it, this. I really do. It looks really good. Yeah, I, I, Angelina Jolie is. Not, I don't hate her, but she doesn't sell movies for me either. You know, I'm not like, I have to see this because she did it yet. I've never said that to myself. Oh, but no. watching this trailer for the first time and not knowing it was an Angelina Jolie film and then seeing that at the end of the credits, I was kind of blown away. Yeah, that from director Angelina Jolie hit and you were like, oh, shit. Right. The whole time I was like, oh, this looks so good. Would oh, you this- think that Ben Affleck would be a fucking awesome director? Fuck no. Yeah. But I saw Argo and it was the fucking shit. I... The, I, I hear you. I, I saw the town and it was awesome. Yeah, I will check it out. You know, I think some of these some of these actors, gone directors, they have a better better vision sometimes behind the camera than they do in front of the camera. I mean, look at Ron Howard. Yeah, it's like they know what they wanted to hear. Yeah, you know, they're they're better suited to respond to that kind of thing. Like they they know how to give direction to actors because they know the direction that they would want that would help them the most. Right. Uh, Batman on film is claiming that we'll uh, see a Batman v Superman trailer before the end of this year. And now Forbes has a similar report. And in the Forbes report, they said a teaser trailer for Batman v Superman should be coming sometime in the next seven to eight weeks. Wow. I was told it will run in front of The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. That makes sense. But technically, that doesn't preclude it from also being released earlier somewhere else. And I wouldn't be that shocked to see a surprise reveal in front of Interstellar when that film opens in two weeks. Mm. So we're down to less than 10 weeks left in 2014. So that's the report that we are going to see a Batman v Superman teaser trailer coming sometime before the end of the year. Um, Two sources claiming this. I believe it. I really do. If we don't see it by Interstellar, I think we definitely see it by Hobbit. You know, that's Warner Brothers' other biggie. Yeah, um, and keep in mind, it's just a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. So it could very well just be what they showed at San Diego, with just like ten more seconds added. Well, um, you know, the thing is, like, we didn't get the. We're going to talk about the Avengers, uh, well, Age of Ultron trailer later. But we didn't see that until, you know, six months before the release. But that wasn't the original teaser trailer either. Teaser trailer just showed us images and voiceovers. Mm -hmm. So this, I mean, this is a little soon. You know what I mean? Because we're looking at a movie that's not being released until March 2016. Yeah, I think they, I think they want to get the hype machine going as much as, as much as possible. Yeah, but we're going to – yeah, I agree. I mean, but March 2016, it's a long ways away is in my opinion. It, it's a very long way away. But we'll see more. We'll see more stuff. They're going to drop. They're going to drop something, I bet. Right. I, I believe it. Yeah. Probably not much, 
but something. It's a teaser. Yeah. So it could be logos for all we know. Yeah. Do you think that we're going to see Batman and Superman in a scene together? Yes. In the teaser? Yes. Okay. I think it's all we'll see pretty much. I think it it may not be the exact same thing as what they showed in San Diego, but I think it's going to be very much that style where we're going to be with one of the two characters and then we're going to reveal that the other one is there too, mm-hmm. like spying on the other or something. Yeah. Like we're going to see something. Honestly, I mean, as far as a teaser goes for this movie, all they really, I mean, all you really even need to show is just the two logos like rubbing up against one another. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> they can smash into each other and then form the one logo of the movie. That's it. I mean, that's all you really need to do. I mean, I think that's where this movie went wrong, though, in a lot of ways, is like that's what they build it as at the beginning. And then they said, okay, now you're also going to get uh, the Dawn of Justice. Yeah, you're going to get Dawn of Justice. You know, you're going to be seeing Ray Fisher as Cyborg, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, you know, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex. Um, the Dawn. Possibly Aquaman. <laughs> And, um, you know what, you know, who's really, really missing the opportunity Who's that? when it comes to like this dawn of justice who's that is, uh, Dawn, the, uh, liquid soap. <laughs> they, I, I'm sure she'll get in on it. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, they should have their own line of soap, you know, dawn of justice, Batman V Superman soap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're really missing the boat on this. It's not too late. It's not too late. So Dawn, if anybody is working for the Dawn Corporation, you know, the liquid soap, you know, for you know, it, it does a great job on my dishes. I let it soak, you know, in my pans and stuff like that, you know, before I put them in the dishwasher and it does a great job. And I think that they should just jump in on this and cash in on this. There should be Dawn of Justice soap. Would that it. would you buy Dawn of Justice soap? No. <laughs> I probably actually I probably would. <laughs> yeah, what if there's a Batman logo on a soap bar? That's oh, pretty I cool. I would totally do it. Black bar of soap with a yellow Batman label or yeah, something? I'd do it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, but I think Dawn, you're missing the boat. You gotta you gotta jump in on this. It, you know, you got your fucking name of your product right there in the title. Yeah. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Cleaning. Exactly. (laughs) That's ridiculous. It It probably will happen. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I want to see the teaser trailer for that commercial. Yeah. I'm really, I can't wait to hear a running time for Batman v Superman. Over two hours. Yeah. It's got to be over two hours, right? Yeah. I, I say, I say 249. Oh, that's long. I'm saying, uh, I'm saying two, two twenty, two thirty tops. That's so much. I'll, I'll put money on it. Okay. On this one, you want to do ten bucks on the? Fuck yeah, I'll do ten bucks on it. All right, two forty nine. Two forty nine. I'm gonna go uh, two thirty two. All right, and it's whoever gets closest, and it's not prices right rules. Okay. So if it's I'm over a minute, I still win. Okay, fair enough. Whoever's closest. Yeah. All right, there All we right. go. We got it on tape. 232, 249. Yeah, I think the really fun game is once we get the actual time to play uh, guess how much time each character gets in the movie. Like how much time does Amy Adams get? How much time does Cyborg get? How yeah. much time does... <laughs> I'm not betting any more money on that. But um, no, I think people are freaking out about it a little bit. I don't think that uh, Ray Fisher is going to get a ton of time. I, mm. think, I think Wonder Woman's going to get more time than uh, Cyborg. Um, Cyborg will get more time than Aquaman if Aquaman's in it. Right. 
and I think a lot of this, I think, I, I think that, I think that Zack Snyder, I think a lot of it's misdirection. I mm. think a lot of it's misdirection. I think a lot of people are thinking that they're going to get a lot more Gal Gadot, a lot more, you know, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman than we are really going to get. I think that's going to be stuff that's set up later in the movie after the main movie takes place, which is Batman v Superman. Yeah. I really feel like this movie is going to have like a Return of the King ending where it's like eight different fucking endings. Like setting up all this different shit. Yeah, possibly. See, the thing is, like, even in the title, it says, you know, like, the main title is Batman v Superman. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah. And then it's going to be followed by Dawn of Justice, which is going to bring everything together. So I think, like, the main movie is going to be Batman versus Superman. That's going to be the main movie. Everything else is going to be, like, epilogue. Yeah. That's, I, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but that's where they really goofed up. Like, that, the fact that that kind of stuff happened would have been so fun to just find out that it was happening instead of just right from the gate. The shit is called Dawn of Justice. Oh, they shouldn't have called it Dawn of Justice. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I subscribe to what you're saying, and I think we're going to get Batman versus Superman for most of the movie. So why spill the beans about the Dawn of Justice shit? Oh, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it's, it's like, a horrible title. It's already Batman v Superman. It's not like this unknown property that you don't know if it's going to make money or not. It's like, okay, you sold us on Batman v Superman. You had me on Batman v Superman. Okay. All right, okay, Jake, uh, you're that guy. You're, you're the guy, and you're, uh, you're saying, like, you know, why are you calling it Dawn of Justice? Okay. Yeah. And I work for Warner Brothers, so ask me that question. Well, it's Batman v Superman. I bought my ticket there. You didn't need to spoil what was going to happen in the movie for me to go see this movie. Uh, for anybody i understand your concern i understand your concern sir i i I totally understand that but think for just a second um dawn of justice maybe we're not referring to the justice league maybe it's the dawn of justice for one of these characters if that's the truth then then haha you fooled me but that's that's yet to be displayed yet but i like that answer that's a good answer but that's that's yet to be proven to me. I have a feeling that I'm that's not going to be the truth. No, your next your next thing that you should attack that fucking Warner Brothers guy with is you've already announced a Justice League, yeah. you son of a bitch. Yeah, you've already announced your whole slate of movies. Right. So we know what the fuck's going on here. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it would have been so much cooler. They, they could have still announced their slate of movies, but we wouldn't have known that this was going to like end with that kind of stuff going on in it. You know? I agree, man. It's a shit title. Ah, it's just so much. It's such a fucking mouthful. Any title with a fucking semicolon is a they fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Deadline is reporting that Lex Luthor might be in the Suicide Squad movie. Eisenberg or Lex Luthor? Jesse Eisenberg is playing Lex Luthor. Okay. I just didn't know if it was going to be part of all that. Here's what Deadline had. Well, it's part of the DCU. Okay. So it's got to be Lex Luth- uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, here's what Deadline had to say. On the DC Comics heavy slate that Warner Brothers laid out for the Wall, for Wall Street last week, the film Suicide Squad was the only one lacking a clear identification to the superhero-themed franchises that will dominate the slate through 2020. That might change. I hear that Warner Brothers is in discussions with Jesse Eisenberg to take Le- the Lex Luthor character he will unveil in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. So they're talking about Lex Luthor making an appearance in the Suicide Squad movie. Does that make any fucking sense? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm not a big comics guy when it comes to uh, Suicide Squad or the DC side of things. But, I mean... It- it doesn't seem like the worst idea. I mean, from what I know, it's a group of villains that are like funded to go do stuff or they die. 
and I could easily see how uh, Lex Luthor could have his toes in that in that pond. Yeah. So I, I, I think it works. If they, I think they could work it right. I don't know as a comic purist if it if it ruffles feathers. You know, I, I was thinking that they would use this movie to introduce some of these villains that we're going to see later on. I thought this movie would be like uh, we're going to get uh, you know we're going to get Amanda Waller in there, and I mean she's going to take these characters, she's going to put them on a team, and then from there at the end of the movie they are out of the Suicide Squad, and now we're going to see them in the individual films as villains. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, maybe Jesse Eisenberg towards the end of the movie is working with one of them. Maybe he's just going to do a cameo appearance. Maybe he even hires them for just a, a mission yeah, or something. Maybe he's just a backer for one of their missions that they're on or anything. Yeah. Um, you know what? Someone needs to let me know like what let, what the definitive like Suicide Squad thing is. I would totally read like six to twelve issues of Suicide Squad on Comicsology or something digitally if I if I knew where to where to go there. If there's like a if anyone out there knows like the definitive like even if it's like twenty issues or something, let me know what let me know what that is for Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's hard to say like where the DCU's direction is going because some of the uh, the actors that they're pursuing don't really match up with some of the characters that Latino Review had in their report. So it's really I don't know. I think it's going to be a mix of different characters that we've seen. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It sounds like it's going to be a little bit of both. Like it's going to be characters from other movies and characters that possibly may be in future movies after that. I mean, because like, you know, I'm thinking Ryan Gosling is Deadshot. I mean, is Margot Robbie, is she going to be Harley Quinn or is she going to be Killer Frost? Um, You know, who's Tom Hardy playing? You know, I have no idea. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. All right, Jason Momoa was at Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta, and he spoke with ComicBook.com, and he had this to say on why he was so quiet about playing Aquaman. Listen, I was asked to play it, you know, you audition and stuff like that, but the fact is you've got to keep it quiet. You know what I mean. I was just trying to respect Warner Brothers and everyone's wishes. I really, really, I'm really, really happy that I don't have to be quiet anymore because that's really hard for me. Then he spoke about why he's excited for the role of Aquaman. The greatest thing for me is that for Polynesians, our gods are Kahuala. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> Kahuali, Maui, all these water gods. So it's really cool and an honor to be playing a water-based character. And there are not too many brown superheroes. So I'm really looking forward to representing the Polynesians, the natives. My family are some of the greatest watermen on earth. I'm not, but I'm going to train with them. But it's really an honor just being a Polynesian. And water is the most important thing in this world, and we all know it. It's cool to be a part of DC's universe. I'm really excited to be with Warner Brothers, and hopefully everyone likes it. And Zack Snyder's a genius, so I'm really excited to be hanging out with him. Is that definitive that Zack Snyder's going to be the director of Aquaman, or is that definitive that we're going to see Aquaman in Batman v Superman? The latter, I think. Okay. If, if if one or the other, if I have to choose. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think uh, it's a little, maybe a little too much for Zack Snyder to be taking on Aquaman, the film, too. Yeah, I agree with that. That decision hasn't been made yet. I think it's more of a confirmation that there's a very good chance that we're going to see a little bit of Jason Momoa Aquaman somewhere in Batman v Superman. 
What if James Cameron directed Aquaman? That would be amazing. I'd be down. Yeah, I was. Th- I think I was talking to somebody on Twitter about that. I don't know if he brought it up or I brought it up. Like James Cameron doing the Aquaman, and I think we like had a like a fanboy moment where we we're like, yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. That's like hey, he's great at that. Not just like Titanic, but the Abyss. Yeah. Oh, God, I love The Abyss. Yeah, The Abyss is so great. Have you ever seen the uncut version of The Abyss? I have, actually. With the original ending? Mm Mm-hmm. I had it on DVD. It finally explains why the aliens are there. It was super cool. It's awesome. So that's a great movie. Uh, Jason Momoa talked about uh, how he's researching the role. He said, it's really hard because you do these... Because you do these and they're like, why is he looking at Aquaman? Why is he looking at this one? So you... Can't really like research too much. When I was growing up, I really liked Spawn and Lobo. I read stuff like that. Lobo, I was a big fan of. I didn't read a lot of Aquaman, but I am now, and I will do the research. And then he was asked, what does he know about this movie himself? He says, I don't know the director. (laughs) I know about as much as you guys. That answers our question. Yeah. So he is going to be in Batman v Superman. He said he's, he can't wait to work with Zack Snyder, and now he says, I don't know the director. Well, he could also be, let, let's say, um, not in Batman v Superman. League. He'll be in Justice League with Zack Snyder yeah. before his Aquaman movie. Right. Eh, just throwing, maybe. He says, I know about as much as you guys. I know the Justice League will come first. That's really mm-hmm. what we're going to focus on. I'm not sure if it will be set prior to Justice League or post. I don't know too much about it. It will probably be where he came from. It will probably be his whole origin story, I would think. I mean, I don't even want to get quoted on this shit. So <laughs> so I know we're going to do Justice League first. Um, my question to you, Jake, is are they going to call him Aquaman in the movie? Oh, sorry about that. Are they going to call in the Justice League movie or in the Aquaman movie or in any of the movies? In my, yeah, my question to you is, are they going to call Jason Momoa, are they going to call him Aquaman? I mean... I got- see I see what you're saying. It's kind of like they really haven't officially called Superman Superman kind of mentality with it, right? Well, that's what they're calling him in the newspaper at the end of The Man of Steel. Okay. You know, Amy Adams tried to call him Superman. She was cut off. Uh, you know, when she was talking to him one-on-one in the room and sitting down at the table mm-hmm. and then in the newspaper and then there's that one soldier who's sitting behind the computer that says, you know, they're calling him Superman. So my question is, are they going to call Jason Momoa Aquaman in the movie? I mean, it's kind of a silly name, right? Yeah. I think they will though, right? I do, but like how are they going to incorporate that into the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Just maybe what the papers call him too, right? Who knows? I think they will though. They want to sell merch. Yeah, true. They don't want Sea Guy. They don't want you to buy Sea Guy. Right. They want to sell some merch. So what's Aquaman going to be called if it's not called Aquaman? Like you know how Superman was called Man of Steel. What's what's Aquaman's name of the movie if it's not called Aquaman? I don't know. They could uh, King of Atlantis or something. I don't. Yeah. Know. There you go. There you go. Yeah. The, the throne of the king or whatever who knows throne of atlantis just yeah, like that th- cartoon yeah. <laughs> all right all right so yeah uh let's move out of dc news and jump into marvel news and instead of waiting to talk about the age of ultron trailer you just want to jump into it yeah definitely all I, right go ahead yeah it was fantastic right i um 
as soon as it was leaked, I saw someone had posted it and I saw it and right away I was just like, Oh, come on, Marvel. This thing is so easy to get and is everywhere at this point. Just give it to us in HD and God bless Marvel. They pretty much were right there and they had it out on YouTube and wow, it just, it just knocked me out of my socks. Now, okay, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay, because this was supposed to be officially released uh, on Tuesday's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Um, and with it being released early, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Forbes even had an article saying, like, this hurt Marvel. Like, this was going to help the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now that it's re- released early, it's going to hurt the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this is going to totally change the way that Disney does the trailers. Like, this could change, like, the way we see the Star Wars trailer. Definitely. This could change everything. Um, do you think that, like, like <laughs> there's two sides to this. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think this hurts Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Do you think this hurts Disney? Or what, what's your opinion? I, I think it goes both ways. I mean <laughs> – it's hard to deny how much publicity they got from it happening this way, too. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to miss out on a big boost they were going to get for an episode. That's a fact. But, I mean... Are they? Because they've already said now that there's additional footage that's going to be released now on Tuesday. Additional footage. Yeah. You, okay. You're saying that you fucking loved what you saw in this trailer. Are you going to miss what they put out on Tuesday with additional footage after seeing what you loved in that first trailer? You make a very good point. I, I can't argue that. And it, it was that kind of impact where it's like, oh, you're going to show me a little bit more. I will I will tune in to see a little bit more. Do you more. think it was leaked intentionally so everybody saw it out there on the fucking internet? Now the word's out there. Everybody's fucking hyped about it. Now everybody wants to see this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get the extra footage. Hmm. Wow. Because we did not see and, – and they handled it the right way on Twitter. They Oh, with a, the Hydra? Yeah, they, they had a tweet that said, damn it, Hydra. And then they just released the official trailer. Now, we didn't get to see – guys, don't think that you got what you got to see was the official San Diego Comic-Con trailer. You didn't see the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. What we saw was not San Diego Comic-Con trailer. No, it was a brand new trailer. Brand new trailer. The San Diego Comic-Con trailer had that that whole scene with – All the winter stuff. Well, the party. Yeah. They're having the party there. We've heard about so much, yeah. You know, where they're all like hanging out and everybody's trying to lift Thor's hammer and stuff like that. And then Ultron pops in. We didn't get to see any of that stuff. Yeah, this this sounds better, I think, So what we saw. Well, I – I mean, I, I don't know what they saw at San Diego Comic-Con, except yeah. for, like, the descriptions. But I I still want to see that party. Yeah. You know? But on the flip side, I think maybe Marvel did this intentionally. I, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't cry like what you're saying is complete bullshit. I, I It's very plausible, to especially to have such a quick, witty response on Twitter like what no one had to send an email to fucking relations to find out if it was okay to officially release the trailer. They were able to just decide within an hour or two that well, like a day before they announced that they were going to be releasing the trailer on agents of shield. And then by the next day it was leaked. Yeah. Yeah. They could very well have their hand in it. I, I would not put that past them. Yeah. Very savvy move. I mean, it's huge, right? It's, it's a record breaker for, hits on youtube in the amount of time i'm pretty sure it was like over like 40 million hits in like 24 hours right so wham it's huge for youtube 
It's, 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 yeah, I mean, this movie is gonna do another billion dollars, in my opinion, already. Gangbusters, the fever is out there. And, and this trailer, I mean, we're gonna talk about the trailer, right? I mean, just, oh, they killed it. Yeah, let's talk about the trailer. Talk about it. Oh, man, one thing right off the go I gotta talk about is the, uh, the use of the Disney license and them being able to dip their toes into anything and the distortion of the Pinocchio song that's used throughout the trailer is one of my favorite parts. What an ingenious use of the Disney vault of music to plug that into this age of Ultron trailer. Yeah. And the atmosphere that created was great. I I applauded the um, music choice and the song choice. It was really fantastic. Um, we got to hear so much James Spader monologuing in this teaser, and it was all just so great. I really loved it. I really loved uh, James Spader's like vocal inflections yeah. when speaking as Ultron. That really knocked it out of the park for me, and that was probably the biggest thing that really knocked it out of the park. Um, it's a super fun trailer, too, and like the style of when they first released a Star Wars trailer – where you get a, a little bit of a scene and then it's just like quick cuts of a bunch of stuff and everything. Is it, no, my question to you, is it super fun as a fan watching this or is it like, this isn't as, it looks darker. Yeah. This looks like the Empire Strikes Back of, uh, you know, uh, the Marvel Avengers movies. I mean, it looks like, you know, we see Cap's broken shield. I mean, this looks darker. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It looks darker. I'm just saying it was a, a fun trailer in that there was just... You, you've got Thor choking Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they fought in the first movie, too. I know, but he's choking him. <laughs> Not like Bart, Homer Simpson-style choke. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It looks it looks like there's... Uh, you got some... Iron Man taking on the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on there? It's super fun as a fan, but the tone of it looks a lot darker to me. I agree with that. You know? You've got... you've you've basically they're going against the fucking robot that's all out for uh domination yeah and james spader has made really scary talking yeah what did you think about you know we saw ultron at the beginning and he looks uh he looks like a robot and then towards the end of the trailer we get a more humanoid version looking yeah ultron what did you think about the humanoid version i'm fine with it i like it i feel like the the gimmick with ultron is every time you see him, he looks different. He does, and, and it's the same way in the comics. Yeah, and that's, I'm, you know, that I like that. I, it didn't bother me too much. I wasn't a fan of the way, like, the mouth looked. It wasn't the perfect Voltron mouth to me. It was the eyes that really bothered me at the end. Yeah, but yeah. it didn't It didn't do me any disservice to the character where I was like, eh, they fucked it up. Like, it, it, it still got me super excited. Well, they talked about – didn't they talk about James Spader doing some motion capture for yeah, it anyway? Yeah, I believe he did so. do some motion capture for it. Yeah. And, and they're, they're, oh, it was such a great trailer. What about – I've seen a lot of talk about the Andy Serkis appearance in the trailer. Yeah, and, and, I had to watch it a couple times because, like, the first time I didn't even notice him. I didn't notice him either. Like, it was, like, the third time. Yeah. And then I saw – I read a couple articles about that and how it's um, proposed that he could be Claw in the movie. Right. So, like, this is leading into Black Panther – yeah, and I've heard like Dante, who was on the podcast with us earlier, like his uh, his theory is that uh, Ultron visits Claw to get vibranium to use on his body. Oh, I love it. So that's his theory is that uh, he's going to visit Wakanda and get you, you know basically Ultron will be made of uh, vibranium, which then breaks Captain America's shield. That makes perfect sense. I love that idea. 
So yeah, that's cool, and that would make sense. Um, that you'd get Andy Serkis to play Claw because Claw is going to become a mocap character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Um, he looked cool too. He looked the part. Hulkbuster. Yeah, it was cool. Looked really neat. It was like Iron Man sumo armor. Yeah. It looked it looked really neat. Black Widow dropping out of the jet in the motorcycle. Yeah, that was that was awesome too. Pretty badass. Some badass shit. Uh, not much Hawkeye spotlight, right? Yeah, yeah. I was a great point to uh, to bring up uh, for a movie where they are promising more Hawkeye. It sure looks like we don't get a lot of Hawkeye in this trailer. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Like after watching it five or six times, I was like, I don't really see no really Hawkeye <laughs> showcase moment too much. You know, I didn't either. Um, what else did I want to like point out on that trailer? Yeah, the Hawkeye stuff. Um, it was a good trailer, though. No, it was a great trailer. Uh, rate it. I Tupperware it. I mean, I, I usually don't watch any trailer more than once. Like, I just did it. Like, even if I didn't do this podcast, I would have watched that trailer five to six times in a row right off the bat. It was just, it was too much. It was sensory overload the first time I saw it. Yeah. And then I had to watch it the second time and actually let the whole thing sink in. I was like, I was jumping up and down. I was like, did they really just use the Pinocchio song? Right. You know, and so focused by that the first time that I, it was just too much to take in. And then the second time you see stuff, you know, and then the third time you're seeing the Andy Circus stuff and other stuff pop out. And it was a great trailer. I'm going to give it a high taste it. Yeah. I'm not going to Tupperware this yet. I'm not going to Tupperware this yet. Um, I want to see, uh, you know, I want, they've made promises about Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I want them to come through on it. Um, I'm not sold on uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Quicksilver. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm not even sold on Elizabeth Olsen yet as uh, Scarlet Witch. I liked what we saw of that. Well, I mean, you know, you saw her, you saw her you know, screaming at one point and you saw her use a little bit of the magic and... And things like that. Um, I'm not sold, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard for Joss Whedon to live up to what uh, Evan Peters did. In, no uh, doubt. In Days of Future Past. So, I'm not 100% sold on that. Yeah. In my opinion, Evan Peters is way better an actor. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, no, but don't get me wrong. I'm very much looking forward to this. Very much looking forward to this. Some of the stuff that got me the most excited was seeing like the Iron Man fight him and Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see that whole fight go down. I love it when cars are flipping all over the place. And yeah. so it's cool they're doing it during traffic and everything. Yeah. But that'll be a fun one. Right. Um, does this make you think, though, that, I mean, okay, we've got Age of Ultron coming out. And then Cap Three is going to be Civil War. Mm-hmm. Where do we, where do they go f- with Avengers Three? I mean, I think uh, we're going to Infinity Gauntlet, right? That's what's up. Yeah, but is it going to wrap up the whole thing? I mean, that soon. I mean, you know what I mean? No, they got more stuff to do after Infinity Gauntlet. Well, I mean, is 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 Avengers Three going to be the final battle? Is that is Avengers Three going to be the final? I mean, with what we're hearing. You know, like the Avengers three might not even feature Captain America or Thor. It's I, gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Avengers three. They, what the rumor is, 
that Avengers three is going to be you know cap it's going to be uh, Iron Man uh, maybe like Doctor Strange like Hank Pym um, and then some of like the lower tier characters that they're introducing maybe even Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that not to saying that they're lower tier at this point but I'm saying like Doctor Strange and stuff like that and that they that they're even talking about bringing in Spider Man from Sony. Um, do you think that everything's going to wrap up in Avengers three? I think they're going to stretch this out. I, I agree with you completely. I, I still think Avengers three is going to be infinity gauntlet. And, but where I go is that is infinity gauntlet. Isn't the wrap up to all this by any means whatsoever. I mean, after you do that, that's when I think you can do more of your civil war stuff. Um, I really feel like, um, in my opinion with bringing, um, they're doing a reboot of secret wars, and that brings that back into the limelight. And I really think there's a big chance that we'll see an adaptation of a Secret Wars in one way or another on the big screen. Right. And I think the Spider-Man thing could almost be more integral to that than it is to the Civil War. That that's what, if they pull Spider-Man, that that's what they might use him for. Right. I mean, that's where they could give us. That's where they could create Venom and give us Black Costume the proper movie way for the first time. And I think they could do a lot of stuff with that. And I think the Secret Wars thing is the biggest – they could have the biggest playground they've had yet with combining the biggest amount of heroes they've had in one movie. I really feel like that's the perfect title to do that thing where it's you have the most amount of Marvel characters in one movie in the Secret Wars movie. I mean that's pretty much the premise of the whole thing. It's basically the Hunger Games meets Avengers crossovers in a lot of ways. And I really think that'll be the big the big thing after Avengers three will be leading up to a Secret Wars franchise. So, is this going to crush Fox? Is this going to crush Fox? Is this going to put the pressure on Fox to say you guys can't fuck up in any way? You can't put out any bad movies. You can't have like another. Uh, you know what I mean? You can't you can't screw up from this point. You can't have any bad X Men movies. You can't have any. You can't. You, you gotta you gotta be hitting on all. You got to be firing on all uh, cylinders. I think it's a good thing, though. I think co- competition in some instances breeds better movies from both people. Like, I think a lot of um, how the reason we got such a good Days of Future Past movie is just, you know, them having to live up to the competition of all the other Marvel stuff that was happening. Right. You know, and I think that helps. But I, I do agree with you that it does set the bar. Where it's like, especially if you fuck up too much, Marvel's just going to come in and swoop them away with all their money at this point. Well, I mean, it's hard to go up against. I mean, if you're going to put the boxing gloves on, you're going to go in the ring with Disney. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Good luck. Disney owns everything. Yeah. I mean, as long as they make money, it's a success, though. I mean, Days of Future past is a success it made money yeah okay but what's the next movie coming out apocalypse a fantastic four fantastic four um, my apologies yeah we unknown but it's not looking good right signs point to no right to me at least this puts a lot of pressure on fox in my opinion yeah especially if spider-man does come into the fold yeah. Do you think there I'm valid. Do you think there's going to be Secret Wars movie? I really think there will be now, especially with the whole comic reboot. They've introduced they're introducing Civil War, then absolutely. Yeah. I really think so. And I really think it lends itself to a movie really well. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, we did get an email about the uh, Avengers Age of Ultron trailer. It comes from Nardacor Nardi, one of our listeners. I think this is his second email to us. He says, this trailer looks great. Ultron looks pretty terrifying, and James Spader's voice just adds to how powerful Ultron is. Mm-hmm. Hearing Pinocchio's I've Got No Strings was unexpected. I like the grim and eerie tone. It definitely fit the trailer. When Tony was blaming, him, blaming himself for Ultron's destruction, it made me think of Civil War and everything being tied together. Excited to see what Andy Serkis will be doing. Kind of nice to see him without mocap. Also seeing Hulk fight the Hulk, uh, the Hulkbuster is pretty cool. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this and keep up the great work. So, yeah, um, sounds like everybody really liked this. I think we got mostly like Tupperwares from people on mm-hmm. our Facebook page about the movie. Yeah. Here, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What Disney song... Do you play for the Star Wars Episode Seven trailer? <laughs> what Star Wars, like Disney song? Yeah, how do you how do you make the Star Wars trail cool by adding a Disney song? You don't. Is that, <laughs> you don't like the strategy for the Star Wars trailer? No. You don't want to hear a little bit of Under the Sea while we see the return of Jar Jar for the Star Wars Episode Seven nope, trailer? No, not at all. I just <laughs> want to hear Star Wars music. I just want to hear the Star Wars theme. That's all I want to hear. They're gonna hold back. They're gonna hold back on the John Williams. You got to buy your tick. I just want no. I just want to hear John Williams. That's it. Yeah, I'm ready to cream myself <laughs> when I hear the first new John Williams theme for Episode Seven. I'm ready for my head to explode. I'm so ready for Episode Seven. Yeah. Oh my god! I have to like mentally prepare myself for the things that are going to happen when I'm actually seeing footage of this and hearing music from it. Have you listened to? And no, you haven't. But um, anybody out there, like the Kevin Smith podcast where he was talking, and I'm not talking about. I haven't listened to the Hollywood Babylon, but. I did listen to him when he was doing Jane Silent Bob Get Old, and he talked about his visit on the set. And, you know, he compared that to, you know, what he saw in episodes one, two, and three, you know, the newer films that had come out. And he said when he went on set, like, he, it wasn't like, when he went to Pinewood, it wasn't green screen magic. He said what he saw there was like a lot of practical stuff, and he got to walk onto the Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's awesome. And he said when he walked on the Millennium Falcon and he saw that the detail that they had put in that Millennium Falcon, all the detail that they had put in there, that's what brought him to tears. He got to like press levers and buttons and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. He said that they had gone to so much um, in, into so much detail that they had the original blueprints for the original Millennium Falcon in the first film which the cockpit was smaller. Mm. And then by Empire Strikes Back, it was much bigger. They said they did it somewhere in the middle there. And he talked about like everything, like they were trying to recreate the Millennium Falcon. And a lot of the parts that they used for that were not made anymore. So they either had to like hunt them down or they had to like make them from scratch from the, you know, from the ground up. (laughs) And he said, down to the fucking seat belts in the Millennium Falcon. Oh. He said the seat belts, they used like bubble wrap on the original yeah. Millennium Falcon. Like they had to, like they, they actually made the original bubble wrap that they used on the Millennium Falcon seat belts, like to do this. <laughs> like JJ Abrams is going balls deep into this. He like, is going balls deep into he this. He is like pulling out all the stops and shit, dude. Talking He's, about setting the bar high. Yeah. He said the way he felt on the set, it literally, he said it brought him to tears because he got to step foot on the Millennium Falcon. When he got off of the Millennium Falcon, 
he like hugged J.J. Abrams as he was crying and like, you know, because he is a fanboy. Yeah. Kevin Smith is a fanboy. I mean, if you haven't watched Clerks, Clerks is before he ever even hit it big. I love it. I love the Death Star um, union contractor scene. I love it. So he's a fan. And, you know, I mean, so whatever he saw on that set, whatever they were filming at Pinewood that day, he's got a lot of faith in. He said it made him feel like a small kid again. And he, you know, Kevin Smith was saying, like, you know, I, you know, I've been in the business for 20 years now. I've seen it all. I've been on every set. I've seen it all. He said, but this made me feel like a kid again. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I'm ready. Like I said, I, when we finally see an actual trailer cut for episode seven, yeah, I think my head may explode. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait. All right. Um, so a few weeks ago, I mentioned on the show that we haven't seen anything official from Fox's new, uh, Josh Trank directed Matthew Vaughn produced Fantastic Four film. Nothing at San Diego Comic Con. There's no trailer released at New York Comic Con. So why is that? Writer Simon Kinberg spoke to comicbook.com and gave them this bit of information. He says, I don't actually know when we'll reveal something. We're putting it together now. And one of the important things, because this Fantastic Four is a reboot and is such a different tonality and vibe from those other films, we want to make sure that the first thing we put out really expresses the voice of the movie and isn't compromised by not having visual effects ready or anything like that. I don't actually know when it's coming out, but I've seen all the footage from the movie. I was there for pretty much the whole shoot. It is a very different film from the others, and one that I think is very different from other superhero movies. It's a very emotional character-driven, more grounded film than I think people are anticipating. Yeah. I think translation there may be until they get the CG for the thing right, we ain't seeing nothing. Because, I mean, gosh, you know how fans are these days. If they show us something that we don't like or agree with, we're just going to fucking gnaw that shit to the fucking ground. Well, I mean, we saw the the Doom pictures, even though they don't want us to think that they saw the that we saw the Doom pictures. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited to see a trailer for this movie, though, to finally get a glimpse of the tonality of it. And see. I, I want to know what the suits look like, the yeah. Fantastic Four, their suits look like. I want to see Johnny Storm flame on. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see all the powers displayed right. in the trailer. What are you worried about? Like, uh, what in that movie are you worried about? Well, them fucking up Doom, like you've already kind of insinuated. Uh, Doom's one of my all-time favorite comic book villains. And I hate to see him get mistreated again. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I'm worried about just – I'm worried about them not having good chemistry with each other, the four actors. I think all four actors are pretty capable actors, but I'm not sure that they're going to have the greatest chemistry. And I think that Fantastic Four needs to seem like a family and it needs to – you know, it, that's really the big thing of it to me. It's like the superhero family. Well, Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan did work together in the movie That Awkward Moment. Okay. So these guys have worked together in the past, and they had pretty good chemistry in that film. Um, I'm worried about Kate Mara mm. as um, the Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. It's always Invisible Woman seems to be the one that's always hard to pull off. Yep. 
So they they kind of goofed it in the first time, and yeah, I don't know what what has she done. What's her what's her work experience? Oh, Kate Mara. Um, trying to think what oh, she's, I can't think what she's been in. Gotcha. Brain fart. Sorry. It's okay. Um. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely need to see something. I mean, the movie comes out uh, August of next year, and we haven't seen anything. Yeah, you think we'd be seeing a trailer for it before uh, Batman v Superman? Well, by this time, like last year, you know, like everybody had already seen like a uh, teaser trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy at San Diego Comic Con, and the same thing with uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen jack shit for this movie. Yeah. So, and if you if you post anything, it's like shut down. Yeah, you get Brian banned. gets banned from Facebook. I get banned from Facebook. Newsarama spoke with uh, Brian Smrez. Smrez. His last name is S M R Z. There's like no vowels Smrez. in it. Brian Smrez. So yeah, Newsarama spoke with uh, Brian No Val Smrez, <laughs> the second unit director on X Men: Days of Future Past, and he revealed that uh, that it was mostly him behind that amazing Quicksilver scene in the film. So this whole time, Jake, we've been giving uh, credit to Brian Singer, and it was really the second unit director. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure um, Singer had a little bit to do with the direction. Like, he probably, like, helped in the creation of that scene a little bit. And well, here's what Brian Smurz had to say. Probably the most memorable part of the film was getting the chance to work closely with almost all of the main cast in various scenes. As far as a particular scene that sticks out the most, I'd say the kitchen sequence with Quicksilver. I ended up doing a lot of that. I did most of it, to be honest. I have a great relationship with Brian Singer, and he really let me do a lot there. The scenes where they enter, as well as parts where they're frozen, I did most of it. It's very time-consuming, especially with the phantom camera and the rain. Brian was there and did some of the key parts, but I did the rest. Um, it's also important for me to note that uh, Brian Smrez uh, will be returning for the sequel, Apocalypse. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, he did great work. Uh, he also talked a little about that. He said, well, there will be another Quicksilver scene, which I'm looking forward to. That'll <laughs> be fun. And... Another question that they asked is their talk of a Quicksilver solo film. And he said, we talked about a Quicksilver before. I'd love to do a Quicksilver as a solo film because there's a lot to enjoy with that character. But I'm not geared just towards superhero movies. For me, it's about great main characters and finding movies that have that. Hmm. That's interesting. I think doing a Quicksilver movie in the confines of the Fox movie universe would be a hard fucking task. We're doing a uh, Channing Tatum Gambit movie. Yeah, but I feel like that's easier. Like, I feel like... Why? Because it's Channing Tatum? No, because Gambit is a character. You can... There's more to work with there that just... Ha it's like in its own little universe, kind of, that you can play off of. Like I can see four Gambit movies if it if it makes enough money for that to be, where there's plenty you can do where you never feel like there's anything else you need to rely on besides the universe that you can put Gambit in. I just have a hard time seeing what universe you can put Quicksilver in. So you're saying Quicksilver is better as a supporting character and not as a lead character. Yeah, and I think he could pull off a supporting character, 
But to do that, I think it would work better in the Marvel movie universe than in the Fox movie universe. And I'm not saying that it would work better with Kick-Ass in a solo Quicksilver movie by any means. I'm just saying that I feel like that Quicksilver would have more to do. There's more to draw off of. Where Gambit doesn't need to be in the Marvel movie universe to have storylines to draw off of. So you're saying it would be better to do a Quicksilver solo movie in the MCU than in Fox? Yeah, yeah, I feel like like, uh, to do a franchise of it, to do a bunch of them. I feel like there's more for if you're drawn off of the comics. There's more for Quicksilver to do in that universe than. Do in the you want to see universe. an Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver movie? No, I like and like I spe- already sp- I specifically said that I am not advocating that just yet. I'm not saying that I won't. That maybe there's a chance that I, w- I would want that. But as of now, I would rather see an Evan Peters movie as Quicksilver. But I just don't see how you could do more than one, possibly one good movie in the Fox universe with that character. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm thinking of future storylines where he, he's stealing the Inhumans Terrigen Mist, where he's being, you know, just kind of involved in others, you know what I'm saying? Just dipping his toes into that universe more. No, I, I agree. I'm having a hard time. Like, I love just, like, the Quicksilver scenes that we saw in Days of Future Past. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him in Apocalypse. But I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around a Quicksilver solo movie in either the MCU or the Fox universe. Definitely. I'm having a hard time with that. No argument. Yeah, I'm just saying that if, if I, it just seems like it would be hard to pull off either or. But a little bit easier in the Marvel universe to pull off. Because you got more of a uh, well of stories. Exactly. That, I think that well... Is excludes Fox because there's so much of that well dips its toes into stuff that they don't own. Right. Yeah. Let's not take away anything though from that fucking amazing scene in Days of Future Past though. No, even if, <laughs> even if Apocalypse fails on the Quicksilver, it doesn't, it's still Days of Future Past still holds up as fucking awesome. Right, right. I don't think it'll fail either. I think Evan Peters is pretty fucking great. And, um, I think they need to give him more time in Apocalypse. Yeah. I don't think it'll be, I don't think giving him 20 more minutes than he had in Days of Future Past is going to make us realize that it's not a strong character. Right. I, I want us to, I want them to keep, uh, spoon feeding us fucking Evan Peters as Quicksilver. <laughs> I don't want too much, man. I want more. I don't want a solo movie, but I want, I want him as part of a functioning X-Men team. Ah, keep spoon food, spoon feeding me. Honestly, yeah. I want him as part of a fun- of a functioning X Men team. Ah, and okay, I, that would be cool to me. See, I don't want I don't want too much. I don't want him to ruin it, dude. I just I just want God. I don't want him the leader, yeah. and I don't want a solo movie. But I want him in the whole movie as part of the functionable team. I like him as like uh, Fox the way they use him, like uh, Marvel uses the Hulk. Yeah, he's like a rogue agent for hire, basically. So far in yeah. the Fox universe, right? Uh, Edward Norton opened up to NPR when oh. being asked questions about Birdman on why he didn't return to play Bruce Banner after The Incredible Hulk. And I wanted to just read this. We don't have to talk about this too much, but like a lot of people have talked about that, like why he didn't come back and, and be Bruce Banner for The Avengers. Yeah, I read a bunch of stuff on this this week too. Here's his quote. He says, I think that, you know, my feelings – was that I experimented and experienced what I wanted to. I really, really enjoyed it. And yet I looked 
at the balance of the film, uh, uh, balance of time in life that one spends not only making those sorts of films, but then especially putting them out and obligations the right that rightly come with that. And there were just a ton of things that I wanted more diversity. I sort of chose to continue on my path of having a diversity of experiences. Maybe on some unconscious level, I didn't want to have an association with one thing in any way degrade my effectiveness as an actor and characters. I think you can sort of do anything once, but if you do it too many times, it can become a suit that's hard to take off in other people's eyes. And if I had continued on with it, I wouldn't have made Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest or Birdman because those all overlapped with. And those were more the priority for me. But I totally, you know, I continue to be a fan. And I'm really, really happy I got to do it once. That particular character, I think, has a really proud tradition, actually, of really good actors playing him. And I think I'm really happy to be a part of it. Cop out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, one article I read made a great point about how um, it hasn't held Mark Ruffalo back from making multiple independent movies right. and being able to dip his toes. Right. Like if you look at Mark Ruffalo's schedule and the movies he's done besides Avengers and Avengers 2, right. which was all that would have been required of Edward Norton, Edward Norton could easily fit in all those other things too. Yep. Mark Ruffalo's, I believe, done all kinds of movies yeah. beyond Avengers and Avengers 2. I agree. So I thought this whole thing was a big cop-out, too. Well, I, I love a lot of Edward the, Norton movies, but... Yeah, um, the movies he named, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest, yeah. uh, loved them both. I thought they were both fantastic. And I haven't seen Birdman yet, but you know, I'm glad he made those movies. I, I thought they were great. But you know, on the flip side, I mean, what was the original story coming out of this whole thing? The original Rumbles were that he had problems, grumbles, excuse me, that he had problems with Marvel because he wanted more creative control over the direction of the character. And He was asking for his name to be removed from the screenplay and everything. Right. Yeah. None of that was mentioned here. And uh, I don't think that that was the original intent. When Marvel first uh, cast him as Bruce Banner – I don't think that was the original intent that they were just going to have him as a one and done. I mean, they had already. Know. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think that's just his polite way of saying, um, I don't know. I think that's just his. I, I think it's He's a, being very political here. It's a bullshit answer, though. Jay. It is a bullshit answer. I thought the same thing. I hate playing devil's advocate in this conversation because I think it was a big fucking cop out answer, too. And I'm not saying I don't like Edward Norton. Yeah, I love Edward Norton. Movies. I love Edward Norton. I can name like half a dozen Edward Norton movies and that I'm are not, some of my favorites. And I'm not saying that it's bullshit that he gave that they, that he gave NPR a bullshit answer either. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he should have came out and started shit with fucking Marvel Studios and Disney in general. Yeah, why do that? That's fucking that dumb. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with all the Marvel fans out there. That, that are going to back Marvel Studios for him to come out and say, oh, I've got a big problem with Marvel. They wouldn't let me do this and that and that. He just sounds like a spoiled brat at that point. Why, why open yourself up to that? Yeah. So whatever. I mean, Play nice. Yeah, play nice. You gave a bullshit answer. I know it's bullshit. Jake knows it's bullshit. <laughs> did, you make, did, you, did you make the smart move and, and give, give probably the best answer you could give? Probably. Yeah, I can't. It wouldn't have done him any favors. It wouldn't have to, done him any favors to open up that can of worms. Yeah, don't be throwing shade at Disney, right? Like, <laughs> you know what? I can I can see through bullshit. That's a bullshit answer. Yeah, I saw through it too. I was like, oh, geez, Edward Norton, why even talk about this? Right. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe the better answer would have just been, I, I don't want to talk about that. Maybe if, you know, okay, no, I'm, I, maybe this is going to sound mean, but like, you know, like maybe if it would have had like the success of like an Iron Man, maybe he would have had more input because look at Robert Downey Jr. I mean, pretty much Iron Man 3 was like Robert Downey Jr. Uh, collaborating with Shane Black. Yeah, it was his baby basically. He like yeah. handpicked all the elements of it. Yeah. Edward Norton didn't kind of like rise to that kind of like uh, level that Robert Downey Jr. did doing – you know, the Incredible Hulk. So you're not going to have that much creative input. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so yeah, Edward Norton, eh. cop out. Yeah, I don't blame him though. Yeah. All right, Adam McKay, who's best known for his work on comedies such as Step Brothers and the Anchorman movies, was rumored to replace Edgar Wright at one time for Ant Man before Peyton Reed was signed on. Now there are rumors that he's interested in doing a Marvel film. That rumor comes from CraveOnline.com. This is what McKay had to say. I'm starting to get into the early stages with Marvel. I just did a big rewrite on Ant-Man with Paul Rudd and had such a great time working with them that we're kicking around ideas. But yeah, maybe I would take on one of the characters so we haven't locked in anything. But discussions are definitely going on. Hmm. So. Do you have any ideas? Where you'd put him in a on a Marvel film? Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Not you. Just you say no. I'm saying no. Huh? Yeah. I'm saying no to Adam McKay in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not clawing at the bit for it by any means. So I'm I'm with you here. You know, um, yeah. If he was going to work on something, I think Ant Man was probably the best choice. They went with Peyton Reed. I don't really see anything that Adam McKay right now would fit into i don't want him to do guardians of the galaxy i want to i want james gunn to stick with that as mm-hmm. long as he can um black panther hell no i don't want to see him do a black panther movie do you think just like um we're talking that we're going to try to get a female director to do wonder woman that we'll try to get an african-american director to do black panther like who are you thinking like i, I have no name in mind I'm just thinking, do you think the studio will think along those lines for Black Panther too? And I mean, and just like I was saying for Wonder Woman, it's not necessary to do that kind of thing, but do you think that's still a move they would still try to do? I don't see Marvel thinking that they have to do that. How about like um, the Hughes brothers doing a Black Panther movie? Hmm. I think I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just thought found it interesting. It just kind of hit my head thinking about the Wonder Woman thing. And yeah, but that's DC. Yeah, I know. It's I'm just it's a little bit the same mentality though. It's like you know, it's a, it'll be a big deal. I, it looks like Black Panther. You know, we haven't had a we haven't had any Marvel African American headliner or movie character yet in the MCU. So that'll be a, that'll be a big deal for that. You know, and so you wonder if they'll have someone behind the helm that's also African American. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like uh, there are there are so many there are so many African American actors that lead movies these days. You know, Denzel Washington is a huge actor. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, and I mean, they don't always work with black directors. No, I, I completely agree. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, and like I said, I don't think it has to be by any means. Right. But it, it seems like even the character itself would lend itself to that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Marvel, I just want him to pick the best director for the movie. Me too. Me too. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's all I want. I just wonder if, if you know, before we find out who the Black Panther director is, if you're going to re- be reading me the same kind of news story of I the think I think we're eight. jumping ahead. I mean, we we don't even know if there is going to be a Black Panther movie. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying on the hypothetical, right? You know, if you're going to read the same kind of news story, here's the eight most capable African American directors that could be the choice for Black Panther. Gotcha. Is that the kind of thing we're going to be seeing? You know. Yeah. So just curious. No, I don't think that they should be like, oh, here's the eight most capable African-American directors to do Black Panther. I think it should just be like, here's the eight most capable directors. I, I 100% agree. And I, and do you feel the same way about Wonder Woman? Because that's what I feel too with Wonder Woman, right? I mean, you don't need a female director. You just want the most capable pe- people you can get. Right, exactly. I mean, just because <laughs> – I'll be honest with you, you know, Gail Simone writes a female-centric book. It's not because, like, oh, she's a female. It's because she's actually the best choice to write that fucking comic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can go it can go in either way. I mean, Stephen King wrote Carrie. Right. You know? And, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to say, you know, it, it could take – it doesn't need to be just the best person for the job to tell that story. Right. But I was just curious just thinking about that. Uh, yeah, like I was talking earlier, like out of all those female directors, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm sure like most of them could do a very good Wonder Woman movie, but I would rather have Quentin Tarantino in there. Yeah, why not? Exactly. You know? So, I don't know, man. And he directs powerful women movies all the time, like Kill Bill, Jackie Brown, and yep. you know, so yeah, it's a perfect fit. Absolutely. And even like uh, in the Grindhouse film, I mean... Oh, good call. You know, I mean, uh, Rosario Dawson and some of those actresses, like, he made them very prominent women in that, and they had a voice. Very awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think you need somebody in there that's gonna, that's gonna give, that's gonna give him good direction. I mean, I want her to be a badass, and I know Quentin Tarantino could do that, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. That's I don't want him to fall into this trap. Like, oh, we've just just because it's like we have an African American character that we have to get an African American director. Well, me and you obviously disagree with that because just earlier we were talking about how much we wanted Quentin Tarantino to do the Luke Cage movie. So I mean, me and you are very much subscribed to the fact that you get the best person for the job. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, but I just, you know how their minds work and yeah, how fucking crazy that shit is. Yeah. It's like, I don't want them to, I don't, cause I, I mean, look at, look at, look at, uh, what, uh, Quentin Tarantino has done for Samuel Jackson. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Whenever those two work together, like Django Unchained, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, whenever those two work together, it's fucking amazing. I agreed. And it's not a black white thing, dude. Com- it's just, it's just a good fucking story and great direction, great screenplay. I completely agree. So it's we're in total agreement. It's just I I hate it when I that's what I don't like about fucking Hollywood. Oh, yeah, I think it's stupid too. It's just I don't know why I thought about that. I just it was because we talked about the Wonder Woman and I thought a lot about no, that. No, you're absolutely crit- right. Like why do they have why do they have to fucking say something like that? It's not like Ghostbusters 3 when they're talking about doing like this new Ghostbusters thing. 
they've got what's it, Paul Feig mm-hmm. doing it. He did the Bridesmaids movies. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, and it's yeah, and it's going to be a girl centric movie. Exactly, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but I would have no problem if they said like, oh, Angelina Jolie. Like if this fucking Unbroken movie comes out and it's amazing, and they mm-hmm. say, oh, Angelina Jolie is going to do a fucking like uh, Suicide Squad movie, or she's going to do. You know, something like that. I mean, if the movie was good, I'm going to be, like, all for it. Yeah. Or fuck it. Like, Ridley Scott's like, hey, I want to do a Marvel movie. I'll do Black Panther for you. Right. And it's like, well, fuck. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what their mindset is if they get to that chapter in Marvel right. where they're doing a Black Panther movie. Yeah. Can so. we all agree that we want to see a Black Panther movie, though? Oh, definitely. Hell yeah. So. Yeah. All right, you've just listened to the worst episode of Pop Culture Leftovers ever. I'm not co-signing that. Really? Yeah, I don't think it was the worst episode. We've had worse. It really picked up. If the whole episode would have been the caliber of the stuff Dante was on, (laughs) I said that on purpose to be a jerk. But, yeah, it really picked up. I think we were having we were having some computer problems with the Dante connection and everything, and I think I think we I think we got our rhythm. I think there's been other episodes we've been way worse. Really? Yeah. Name name one. Oh, I don't know them by number. I'm like TJ Lamb here. Oh, I don't I don't want to point out which specific one. <laughs> right. I think the one where we literally like we were both like feeling sick was a pretty terrible episode. Yeah. I think that was way worse than this. I don't know. I think I I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't think we recorded a good one yet. <laughs> well, I think that even proves my point more that this isn't the worst episode. If you're saying they're all they're all pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dante, I hope you don't take any offense to what I'm saying. Brian, you no. should have seen the face Brian was giving me when I was saying yeah. it. Yeah. I said it on purpose to get a rise out of you. So. No, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't his fault. It was just the computer. In it. The computer connection sucked. Yeah, it did fucking suck. So it would have been great if it would have been worked and you could have heard, heard my interestings and gotchas crystal clear. Yeah. So, but sorry. All right. Yeah, this is episode 64 or whatever. Let's eat and go watch Sunday night TV. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, the show you don't watch, uh, I'm going to be watching that probably maybe when I get home, Walking Dead. Yeah, I do. Sunday night is once upon a time for me, and they show ESPN is doing main event World Series of Poker, and that's every Sunday night. Uh, I just want to say... This fucking dispute with uh, Dish Network and CNN and True TV and Cartoon Network needs to fucking end. Yeah. Because I am not getting Cartoon Network and I am not getting fucking True TV. So I'm not getting my Impractical Jokers and I'm not getting my Adult Swim. So I'm not seeing uh, Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories. I'm not getting my regular show. I'm a little pissed off. Ooh, that sucks. Can you watch that shit streaming? If you have a, a valid cable subscriber? Probably. I know Adult Swim has all their shit up there. Talk to me. All right. I'll hook you up. I gotta, dude, I gotta watch, I gotta watch my bedtime stories. And like, I'm missing, I'm missing my impractical jokers, and that upsets me. I'm a big, and I, you know what? I'm even watching Jokers Wild, their new show. I'm um, not using the streaming services for those channels, so you find out what info you need. I got your back. Thank you. I'll give you, I'll give yeah. you some Comcast info. Ugh. And another show on Adult Swim, uh, if you can, you can watch all their stuff streaming now again. Okay. And the title sounds offensive, <laughs> but the show is actually brilliant, and I'm going to bring it up 
because I've wanted to bring it up because it's a great show. Let's hear it. Watch all the episodes. They did 10 episodes. Um, have you seen the show Black Jesus? No. Absolutely phenomenal. Is it just like it sounds? It's about a black Jesus? Yes. And it's in modern times mm-hmm. and it's in Compton. Oh, so he's reincarnated as a black guy. Yeah, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. It is amazing. And I mean, a lot of people just like thinking like just the title sounds like offensive or whatever because it's like um, – People are wusses. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it's not. It's not. I mean, each episode there's like a parable and like he's teaching you a lesson and stuff like that. But yeah, he is Black Jesus. And it's got um, Eddie Murphy's brother in it, Charlie Murphy. Mm. Dude, it is so funny. It I is, love I, Charlie Murphy's great. And it's not like one of these 15 minute adult swim shows, it's like a half hour program. It is so excellent. It is awesome. We're right around the corner from uh, the show that almost fucking killed Frank, the Mike Tyson, right? Did that already air, or is it just like next week? 28th, and I can't get that now because of uh, the whole dispute. Oh, uh, that's uh, brutal. So I can't watch it, so I've got to watch it streaming. Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Yeah. I can DVR it. I'll hook you up with the streaming info. Yeah, because I've got to see the Mike Tyson's Mysteries. I'm a little upset about that, too. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the the Cartoon Network stuff. i got to DVR that shit. Yeah, because like Dish Network had a dispute with another network, and it went on for like three months. So I might be out for like three, four months before they fix this. That's nonsense. I know other people are dealing with that with the uh, the Flash right now and their provider not carrying CW. Direct TV. Yeah. So same kind of issues there. Yeah. Poor souls. Oh, no, no, no. I think Direct TV has it now. It's whatever Frank has because I know Frank has the issue. Yeah, but Frank like wasn't aware that like he does get it now. Uh, and he, he, he bought the whole season pass for it and yeah, he fucked up. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. So, all right. Episode 64. I'm voting this the worst episode of Pop Culture Leftovers ever. Nah, it, it wasn't so bad. It was it was the, the the third worst. It was the avatar of pop culture leftovers. <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous. It was the most shiny, beautiful episode, but the content was total crap. No, it's the uh, <laughs> what did you call it? Uh, the turd. Oh, the shiniest turd. It's the shiniest turd ever. The shiniest turd ever. Yeah. So um, I don't expect a lot of downloads on this bad boy. All right. Uh, next week. Uh, Just don't call it. Don't call the title worst episode ever. Oh, no, I should. Call it best episode ever. No. And then we'll get more downloads. No, I should. The uh, worst episode ever. Everybody wants to watch a train wreck, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like a rubbernecking. I'm a rubbernecker. Do you know what I saw this week? Tell me. It was. Wow. This was so. I was uh, I was working and um, outside I heard like a bunch of like commotion. Okay. So I stepped outside and there was a there was an accident. Uh a truck had hit a motorcycle and they Oh my god, Jake. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. I think the guy did the guy lived, but he was close to death. Wow. And I have never seen anything like this in my entire life, but a guy in a truck hit a guy in a motorcycle, and when I came out there to see what was going on, I saw this guy's leg, like, shaking and jerking, doing the death shake, Yeah, and this guy was, like, on the verge of death, and it, uh, it just made me, it just made me think, like, 
like I had one of those moments where it was like, I'm so lucky right now to just have my health and be alive and, and just be alive because one moment, you know, I mean, that guy woke up that morning and he didn't think anything like that was going to happen. Yeah. Anything could happen any moment. You never know. So, you know, anybody that's listening out there, you know, I, I don't care if you've given us a bad review. I don't care if you love this episode or hate this episode, just take care of yourself. It, it, it made me think like, Dude, it just made me think about like life and death and all that stuff when you see it happening right mm. before your mm-hmm. eyes. And I it, hate that kind of stuff when I go on a road trip and I see like a big accident or stuff and stuff. It really makes me feel uncomfortable. I think think the same kind of thoughts about mortality. Yep. And just how just in a blink of an eye it can all be taken away. Yeah. Cuz uh, I mean, you think you're safe, everybody's in their bubble and stuff like that. And I just like, you know, if any of our listeners like ride a motorcycle and stuff like that, you know, I had a buddy that went up the Sturgis one year and got hit by a car and he died. Yeah. And uh, just be careful. You know, yeah. Just be careful. It's scary. I mean, you can be the best goddamn driver in the world, but all it takes is the worst goddamn driver in the world. And yeah. no matter how good you are, he's going to be at fault. And, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. It just, it just made me think. And Life is precious. Life is precious. Take care of yourself. Don't do anything reckless. Um you know, if any of our listeners are out there, just like, I don't know, man, whatever you're going through, life is precious. There's always somebody out there that, that, that cares about you and loves you. And um, just take care of yourselves. Don't do anything reckless. Be safe. Unless they kill your dog, then go fucking ham. Exactly. Then go John. <laughs> go John Wick. Go John Wick on their ass. But yeah, I'm sorry to get all deep, man. Just, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just trying to throw a joke at you there to get you. No, yeah. No, it, that, I, I hear you though. I have the same. I I see that kind of stuff. Like not as not as up close and personal, where I'm seeing the twitching going on. But yeah. I've seen my share of highway wrecks, you know, because I'm I travel a lot, and I'm sure you do too. Right. And it it always just makes me think that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So all right, yeah. Let's let's get this fucking <laughs> shit can out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you, and you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. 
There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.